I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. fucking Mark Twain shit, because it's definitely getting chisel on your tombstone. Everybody, and thank you for listening to Who Will Survive Horror Podcast. This is your host, Paul. I am running the Pork Chop Express tonight, and with me, as always, is my co host, Marco. He is stopping in on his way to death row in this abandoned precinct of a podcast that we are running here. Uh, what's going on, Marco? It's good. You got to smoke. Got to smoke. I mean, I already told you I don't smoke. Damn. <laughs> what's up, man? Uh, nothing, nothing. And. We have some guests with us tonight. Uh, they are from the Our Real Films podcast, and they are Taylor and Curtis, their brother and sister. But before I let you guys join us here, I'm just going to need you to put on the glasses real quick. Put on the glasses, Taylor. Put them on. Listen, I'm here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I already <laughs> ran out of bubblegum. Nice. Yeah, nice. Very nice. Right, cool. Good delivery. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us on. Yeah, definitely. So we've been talking for a little while. I think, I don't know, we just sort of crossed paths through through social media as these things happen, right? And uh, I think, I don't know, I was I just came across your show and was like, oh, I like some of the stuff you guys were doing and mm-hmm. listened to a couple episodes and hit you guys up and talked and chatted about a few ideas and here we are. Yeah. So if anyone didn't get from our kind of stupid intro jokes <laughs> that I was making there, uh, the, the theme of tonight's show is going to be non-horror movies that are directed by John Carpenter. And you guys actually picked this out of our list of a bunch of different ideas. Uh, before we get into talking about your podcast, uh, maybe just if you want to elaborate a little bit on what jumped out at these uh, about these, these movies to you guys. Well, um, we actually on our show had covered a few John Carpenter movies just by happenstance, um, mm-hmm. you know, because we do our episodes based on a theme and it just... 
we each had picked a John Carpenter film and had become more interested in Curtis's more um, experience with his work. And I was wanting to watch more John Carpenter, but since we're so busy watching horror films for the podcast, I don't have a lot of time to devote to yes. watching non-horror films. So I was sure. like, ooh, this is kind of like, uh, kind of like goes along with our interests um, and also you know, obviously went around along with your interest. So it ended up being kind of like the perfect situation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, one of the main reasons that I think we both wanted to do this is because again, when I'm, I, I rarely ever watch a film that's not a horror film anymore. Cause I'm either <laughs> checking out right. stuff, new stuff in theaters to talk about, checking out films for the theme, seeing, sometimes we'll pick a film for a theme that we've never seen before yeah, and hopes right. that we'll like it. And sometimes we end up not liking it. Yeah. So we have to yeah. then watch, you know, another horror film. That's how uh, that that more from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's. You know, because you don't want to. Like, Damn it, this sucks. Yeah, well, you don't want to <laughs> yeah. pick a film that you're just going to trash the whole. That's yeah. not fun to listen. Exactly, well, exactly. You want to have fun be. with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it can be fun. Like we pick like an Ed Wood movie or something. You know, like <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, out of space. That'll be fun. Uh, but um, that's that's why this topic jumped out at me. And you know, I'm excited for people that listen to our podcast to hear us talk about something non-horror. I'm excited yeah. to talk about it with you guys. I was excited right. to watch these films again. I'd seen all of them before. You hadn't seen, I hadn't seen any, any of them. them. Yeah, so. Yeah. Oh, perfect. This is just a lot of fun to rewatch these, watch them brand new for yeah. you, so. Yeah, right, absolutely. right. Yeah. And I know, I know Marco and I have talked a little bit about these movies. Uh, I don't, did we actually officially say what all three of them are? No. Uh, okay, so by the references, so I don't wonder uh, if someone can guess them. <laughs> it's going to be Big yeah. Trouble in Little China and Assault on Precinct 13 and They Live. Yes. Are the three movies we're covering. Uh, Marco, what about your history with these? I know we had talked a little bit, but not about all of mm -hmm. these movies. Yeah, um, I, I have, the only one I have not seen was Assault on Precinct 13. Um, it's an older movie and again it's one of those things where because it's not a horror it did not jump out at me even as a kid okay. you know so i wouldn't it would have been off my radar before i even discovered john carpenter and i never went back to see that movie knowing it wasn't a it was more like an action you know kind of uh charles bronson-esque movie right. um which i'm in you know i love sci-fi horror comedy stuff like that so that's the only one that, that got off my radar, but Big Trouble and They Live, I saw both in the movie theaters nice. Um, nice. multiple times. I used to play the roles, you know, of Thunder at, the, at recess at, you know, um, from Big Trouble, you know, awesome. continuously. <laughs> Who's going to be Thunder today? There's going to be Lightning, you know. Uh, so, Dad, man. And, of course, um, again, I'm a huge fan of everything. So wrestling was a big influence in my life, too. Roddy Roddy Piper. Yes. Anything that dude was in. Um, <laughs> even though some of us, yeah. yes, yes. Um, I actually got to meet him, so it was great. The guy is just a fun, fun dude, and uh, this is like to me, and uh, they live epic performance. So, um, they live and Big Trouble are like on my top like movies of all time. They're in that list. Right. Yeah, and I I grew up with Big Trouble in Little China as well as. Mm -hmm. as one of my super nostalgic movies that I always I, I was telling my girlfriend when I was watching it that it it made me have sort of this obsession with bizarre weaponry from, yeah. from loving that movie because there's so much just <laughs> odd like blade craftsmanship and stuff in it. Yes, I was like, <laughs> oh, like, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My mom's yeah. like, well, no, what, you can't what have. Man it. doesn't think that at some point. You know. I know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I had a, a history with that. The other two movies I had seen more recently, but they live. I actually got to see for the first time in in a theater a couple of years ago at this local event. They do like ten times a year where they play old horror movies in in this one 
smaller theater and I had heard of it and, and like knew the references and stuff and was like, oh, you know, I'm gonna go check this out and just absolutely fell in love with it to the point of where when we started this podcast, we did our top 10 horror movies was our first episode mm-hmm. and I put They Live on my <laughs> top 10 horror movie list because I loved it so much <laughs> right, and just wanted right. to highlight it. I was like, oh, this is my... And then when this came up, I was like, you know, it would be funny if on this episode of non-horror movies that we put something that I said was in my top 10 horror movies. Or, right, exactly. So, uh, we talked about it a little bit, right? I mean, yeah. you could kind of make the argument that They Live might be borderline horror, but more sci-fi, yeah, more action. So, yeah. It's, it's closer than the other two, I would say, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And we've covered things that are a lot less horror than that before on the show, so. Sure. <laughs> but I, I just like to make fun of myself and kind of undermine my credibility, so <laughs> it's a good opportunity to do that. Yeah. Um, and Assault on Precinct 13, I had never seen until a few years ago as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that if I think that, that one kind of gets overshadowed, which we'll get into when we talk about that one. But sure, I think because it happened so early and then after that, he made Halloween. It was like, oh, yeah, he made Halloween. And then there was like some other stuff before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A couple of things. Yeah. And so yeah. it gets kind of overshadowed. Yes, it does. Yeah. And, well, and then, you know, following it up with the thing, it's like, mm-hmm. It's, it's sort of the forgotten movie until more recently that it's become re- revived, I feel like. And uh, that one is more, I, I like more of the action and police procedural and that type of stuff. So that one I really mm-hmm. was yeah. was sad that I didn't know that when I was younger. I would have liked that one as a kid, too. Yeah. yeah. But, I feel uh, like that that movie might be one of the more, well, you know, I, I was like surprised at being a movie that came out before like Halloween, which is like considered like what, you know, kind of propelled John Carpenter's career. That oh, movie's yeah. super well yeah, yeah. made. Yeah. I mean, you mm-hmm. can... There's nothing really missing from that movie, so right. it did. But I do feel like it's super overlooked, though, mm-hmm. um, because uh, among these three films, I mean, Assault on Precinct 13. I, I. So after I watched Halloween when I was a kid, I was like, you know, 14 or 15. I tried to watch as much right. John Carpenter movies as possible. And yeah. watching Assault on Precinct 13 again, I realized I, oh, I watched this film when I was a yeah. kid. Mm-hmm. I didn't even yeah, realize yeah. it because, like, <laughs> you know, I it kind of had just like. You know, it was something that was yeah. like, because it wasn't as crazy as like Big Trouble in Little China, well, for example. Well, it's also just not like one of those John Carpenter films people right. Sure, yeah, 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 like, yeah exactly. But yeah. so well made, like so awesome. And, um, you know, I don't know. It just feels like it is super overlooked. But um, certainly for me with the other two films, Big Trouble in Little China, but they live especially like when I was like going through Carpenter films when I was a kid. My my friends were like super excited about Big Trouble in Little China. You have to remember, I, you know, I was watching these films and, you know, well after they came out, like 2005, 2006, mm-hmm. 2007. But right. all my friends were super into Big Trouble in Little China, but I was all about They Live. When he puts <laughs> right. on the glasses, he sees Hey, the oh, oh my God. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. This is awesome. You know? So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, that's kind of like my history with the films a little bit um you know again uh especially you know just halloween for me is like you know one of my favorite horror films of all time when i watched it it like mm-hmm. completely just like something it it was texas chainsaw massacre and halloween to me were just like okay i'm into this in a very very serious way you know i want to yeah. i love horror but with halloween i was like i gotta watch every movie this guy has made mm-hmm. I yes thing. I watched Big Trouble in Little China. I watched, apparently, Assault on Precinct 13. (laughs) But I was just, you know, blown away uh, by, like, 
his style, the music that he uses yes. in his films, his unique vision. And I think um, with all three of these films, you know, initially, you know, my brain latched on to Big Trouble in Little China and They Live. I'm like, these are Carpenter films. But watching Assault on Precinct 13, it's it really like cemented to me like this is a Carpenter film too. Mm -hmm. You got the music, you have the great direction, you have great characters, like unique setting, like mm -hmm. unique feel to the movie. Um, and, you know, I'm sure we'll talk more about it, but um, mm -hmm. that's just, you know, give you a little bit of my history. Well, yeah. The, the one of the best things about Carpenter is that he doesn't just write a you know a story from beginning to end. He's got fleshed out characters or like comic book characters. You know they all yeah. have backstories and through dialogue and through like just little bit of tidbits, you get a huge world that he's built on every movie. Yeah. You know, and it, yeah. that's what just kind of makes us gravitate towards him. You know, mm -hmm. um, especially like yeah, dude, master of horror, but he's got so many cool movies out there. Yeah, yeah, so many genres. Yeah, yeah. I like I don't know if this is this isn't like in terms of style the same, but it, he kind of reminds me of like Guillermo del Toro, where I think people mm -hmm. think of him as like a horror director, but then when you actually start to dig into his work, you're like, yeah. oh, he like does everything, and it's like when right. Shape of Water came out, and and everyone was like, oh, this must be a horror film because Guillermo, right. Guillermo del Toro did it. And you're like, well, he does a lot of other stuff. But you too. see, exactly. like when you're watching a Guillermo del Toro movie, right. that's his movie. Exactly. It's like with Carpenter, this yeah. is his movie, but he can do anything. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like he has cool. some, it's something about it that like really is like a marker of his style. But like he basically gave us like, a, you know, a kung fu western movie <laughs> and mm -hmm. sci-fi right. movie and like a horror monster movie. And, you know, yeah. he can do mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like when you watch the movies, you get so lost in the story and the characters that you don't you don't even notice how good the directing is like his directing yeah. is so good that you don't even right. notice it mm -hmm. right and i'm trying to watch for like cool shots or 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 tricks that he does and i'm like all right i'm gonna really pay attention to this and then 30 minutes goes by and i'm like oh, i didn't notice anything at all yeah, <laughs> yeah. i was right. just watching the movie oh. fuck yeah yeah absolutely yeah it's just such a distinctive style and i mean like I, I that, that's a great point like the immersiveness of his movies like you know you i i think about like halloween you think about the thing and the thing that doesn't you don't you don't think of like big trouble in little china for example as being part of that kind of lineage because yeah. you know when i think about the thing in halloween i think about like horror and right. like you know classic mm -hmm. horror but the way that those movies draw me in is the same way that like big trouble in little china drew yeah. me in though and that's mm -hmm. You know, that's how you just know you're that's like Kurt Russell's hair, number one. Yeah, yeah, Kurt Russell. yeah. yeah. Hair stays the same. I, mean, I will be talking about that. <laughs> hair stays the cool. same. But that's how you know you're in the hands of just like a brilliant director. It's Absolutely. like whatever genre he's making, he's gonna draw you in and like bring you into that world and uh, probably have Kurt Russell in his movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. But, totally. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. You know what movie doesn't get enough credit is uh, Vampires, the one he did. That's like one of my favorite Carpenter movies. Which one is that? Vampires that with James Wood. I've never seen that one before. Wow. Oh, so good. It came out, I, I want to say, late 90s. Okay. Um, All right. Gotta check, check it out. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Just don't look up anything about James Wood's politics before no, watching yeah. any of his movies. <laughs> I got blocked by him yeah. on one of my uh, one of my most proudest achievements is I got blocked by him on Twitter. By the ah, way, so awesome. <laughs> I know that's what breaks my heart sometimes because um, we watched uh, Cat's Eye, and you know James, that's like one of my favorite stories oh, in that movie. Uh, and I was just like, and then he goes and opens his mouth, and you're like, God damn it, dude! <laughs> He's in Videodrome too, which is my favorite Cronen, uh, second favorite behind the flag uh -huh. film. Yeah, yeah. Like, right. 
God damn it, James Woods. <laughs> Come on. Damn you, James Woods. <laughs> they even named the, f the fucking high school after you in Family Guy. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but they always trap him with a piece of candy and having it underneath <laughs> the box with the stick holding He's it up. just about that stupid in real so, life. So that's yeah. Yeah, that's uh, well, before we get into talking more about these movies, why don't we hear a little bit about your podcast and kind of how you guys got started and, and how long you've been doing it for? Sure. Um, well, we've been doing the podcast for, I would say we've been planning it for about eight months. Like we've been involved um, with developing the podcast for eight months, but I think we've been having episodes for about six months. Mm -hmm. okay. um, and yeah, it's a horror movie podcast. Uh, we do episodes based on a theme. Um, we do take turns picking the theme. Mm -hmm. um, and we are siblings mm -hmm. uh, who grew up watching horror films together, mostly started with Curtis. He was really the impetus for that. I got dragged in because um, his bedroom didn't um, have a door. Yeah, and I lived in, in part there. of the living room. Yeah, you yeah. lived in part <laughs> of the room. And he would be in there watching horror movies. And I'd be like, I would be like the annoying little sister just trying to like, you know, yeah, be a right, pain right. in the ass. And I'd be like, see something horrifying. Yes, yes. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen Audition. But, you know, like in Audition. I, I haven't seen it, but I know everything that happens. So. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> you know the scene that I probably walked in on. And I was like, yeah. what the fuck is happening? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, and it's just like something that we've always like bonded over and we enjoy talking about. And we wanted to make a podcast basically to reach out to the horror community and, and be a part of that. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I, I think for both of us, like we don't, that's like, that's an interest that we both share, but we don't share with a lot of other people that we know. And right. it's been just like a really cool thing, like having this podcast and like, you know, not only finding out people that we know who are actually into horror and want to talk to it about us now, it's like, oh, well, why didn't you tell me? I've known you for yeah. 20 years, but okay, let's, <laughs> let's, let's go on. But, um, but also like meeting people like you guys, like, and, you know, being able to collaborate, talk about films, like learn oh, yeah, yeah. new things, listen to new podcasts. I mean, it's yeah. just been awesome. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just, you know, we're, you know, just in this to have a lot of fun, yeah. joke yeah. around, drink a few beers, yeah. watch some great films. And, you know, both of us have, you know, uh, stressful jobs yeah. and stuff. So that's also been a great part of it. It's like, you know, I have this thing that I can kind of uh, stress relief. Stress relief. Yeah. But uh, overall, um, yeah. it's yeah, it's, it's great. And, um, right. you know, it's just been an awesome experience. We used to do it in person, but I moved recently. So we do it mostly right. over Skype now. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm sure you guys do. But, yeah. um, yes. you know, we come out with uh, podcasts every other Wednesday, like she said, based on a theme. We also have a like kind of segment at the end where we talk about different horror media that, you know, like new films, new podcasts, new, podcasts, new documentaries, books, video games, fang new issues of Fangoria yeah. that I get, which, uh, <laughs> It's awesome. I actually got a new issue of Fangoria recently. Oh, yeah. That's I uh, had us on the covers. Yeah, it's oh, awesome. Cool. But nice. um, yeah, that's basically mm -hmm. basically it. So yeah, if anybody wants to look us up, we're on uh, you know Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Ah, real films. A H H, yes. real films. Yeah. And real spelled like uh, you know R E A L. Uh, oh, yeah. I see. I see. A lot of confusion. Yeah, there's a lot of because I. I <laughs> fucked up the Twitter handle yeah, and the Twitter handle R-E-E-L like a yeah. reel of films which is right, right. Site, but we had already gotten the podcast <laughs> we had gotten the uh, graphic design yeah. and everything yeah so yeah right, you know, right. it is what it is <laughs> There you go. Yeah. And Twitter sucks because you can't change your name on there once it's okay. You can't even edit posts. I mean, come on. You can't I know. edit posts? Stupid no. Twitter. Uh -oh. 
I didn't know that. So, well, I'm not on Twitter in case at least I got blocked by James Woods. You so, there you go. Pretty, yeah, <laughs> it's all worth it. It's all but, worth it for that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, and thanks, and thanks again for having us on. We're yeah. we're, bit, we're both fans of your podcast. We love, you know, we love, I listen. Thank I know you. I listen to it every week when I'm out on my two mile runs, not thirteen mile <laughs> runs, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so thank you guys for inviting us on. Yeah, really yeah. yeah. yeah the, uh, just to kind of touch on that, when you uh, when you find people out there in the real world that are in the same interest of you, like the same music, you know, your eyes light up and you're just like connected. And yes. that's what horror does to a lot of people, you know. Uh, like you said, there might not be a lot of people in your life. You know, you guys bonded over it. Um, same thing with me. I, I surround myself with a lot of people out of interest, but not that horror movie community, like that connection where we can right. look at someone's head getting exploded and just like, man, that was awesome. And you know what it was. <laughs> right. What kind of fake and, do you think that was? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and just kind of rate like, would that kill better than this kill? And not <laughs> take it so serious, right? And, and just have... Like I said, just fun with it. So it's always fun to, right. you know, actually like, you know, make new friends on this. This is awesome. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think even in 2019, there's still a little bit of a stigma and it's becoming less and less and less. I mean, yeah. you know, with oh, the yeah, mainstream yeah. films like It and all that stuff, yeah. but there's still a stigma, you know, like there's always going to be stigma. You know, if you like Cannibal Holocaust, yeah. you know, you're always going to be a weirdo, yeah. <laughs> but, but there are people out <laughs> right, there that yeah, do right. like that stuff and do want to talk yeah. about it. It's just mm-hmm. awesome meeting those yeah, kinds yeah. of people and stuff. So Right, right. And it, it seems like it's a very accepting community of, of sort of everyone and everything. Mm-hmm. You don't really hear too much about... Uh, it's just, you know, general assholery, like people being a racist or people being sexist or, or homophobic yeah. or anything like that necessarily. So mm-hmm. it seems like a pretty open community. I mean, granted, it is mostly all white guys, <laughs> but yeah. right. for there, the most there is, part. There is yeah. definitely some people that aren't white guys in there as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, well, and you I know, think, well, like horror has historically like been right, like like you know it's whether it's screen queens or whether it's like final girls like horror has always been the type of film that has heroes that are not just white males mm-hmm. either right, i mean right. even like i mean and i i think you guys maybe mentioned it i don't know if you saw like horror noir but like that you know they oh, get yeah, into the history of mm-hmm. uh, people of color in horror and there's a mm-hmm. lot been a lot said on the history of women in, in horror and stuff and i think horror um, has always been more progressive, maybe than other genres, um, for that reason. Absolutely. So, yeah, um, yeah. Or, but or they recognize it too. They they recognize it. You and they make something like film uh, uh, horror noir, like that. Right. Like, you know what? There might have been a problem here, but this is what we're doing now. Like, um, mm-hmm. you know, not to go on so much of a tangent. Sorry, Paul. That that you know, want to oh, get sorry. back to our movies, but like, to me, I think Jordan Peele is doing such a great job of just saying, "Look, I'm making movies, and it is what it is. Like it or yeah. no, and yeah. and that's all." And I love that. I love that attitude. And, yeah, and I, love, I love the intention behind it. And yeah, making, like good movies. Yeah, yeah, too. yeah, yeah mean, like, absolutely. You know, I think that's been a big. Part yeah, of and it to too, bring it was... back for full circle, John Carpenter has that same attitude. Um, yeah, I've yeah seen he was very him, renegade. Yeah, he, I've seen him in panels before, and when he's in the editing room, he's like, you know what? This is my movie. I'm turning it in. Uh, executives come and change it. And he's all, don't fuck with my movie. This is what it is. And well, it is. Yeah. I mean that's. I mean he. That's why like he. Um. That's why he left like Hollywood for a really long right. time. And became an indie filmmaker because he was like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna make the movies I'm gonna make. Like I'm not Love gonna it. edit movies to be big blockbusters. Like yeah, that's right. not what I care about. Um. Because I know 
getting a little ahead, but I know Big Trouble was kind of like yep. a commercial flop, but he was like, I like it, so you yeah. guys are wrong. Yeah, like, yeah. 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 I, think, yeah. I think pretty much everything he did was more or less considered a disappointment as far as initial performance, and then sure. Cult classics a, a later, lot of these things right. became huge later on, which I don't know yeah. how, how much money he gets from it becoming famous later, but I'm sure he um, still maintains some ownership to some of it, so. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I guarantee they gave him a lot of money to endorse the Halloween 2018 movie, so. Oh, oh sure. Yeah. I hope so. And he got his son in the music yeah. company, so that's right. Yeah, yeah. He's building yeah. a dynasty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he he built them no matter what. He, he, got, he got some money. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Enough money that he could stay home for another year and just smoke weed and play video games there you go oh, swimming is swimming is pool of money that's what everyone says that he does all the time now is when he's not when he's not touring with his music he just sits around and he tweets about video games and smokes weed all day that's awesome that's, yeah, that's <laughs> the life i want that's now yeah i know right <laughs> that's what i would be doing right now if we weren't doing this <laughs> well maybe not tweeting about it but <laughs> just one of those <laughs> two, two of the three Jeez, yeah. <laughs> now you're you. I that is a Twitter follow I need to make. Like yeah. as soon as we're done with oh, this podcast, John Coff course. Yeah, there you go. yeah. yeah. It'd be harder to get blocked by him. Yeah, I, that would be a, a point yeah. of shame for yeah. sure. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, that would be shameful. He'd just call up crying, like John Carpenter blocked me. Please, John. Hey, I know you've got my messages. <laughs> I know. Well, Marco said that he. What was you said on the show with Jason about how you met him? Yeah, and you you uh, asked him about what a movie a song from a movie, and he was like, I don't know, dude. Yeah, like, what he, song was playing at this one exact part of this one movie? And he was like, I don't know, man. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we were That's just awesome. uh, me and my friend were debating in line about Christine <laughs> at the end of the movie. What song was Christine playing? And I mean, we were like like maybe 17, 18 years old, <laughs> and um and we get to him and go, well, there's John Carpenter. Let's ask him. So we walked out to him and we're like, he's like, hey, hi. we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's the song here and there? And he goes, I don't know. Like that, like, <laughs> I think he said, fuck, I don't know. Like, like something weird, yeah. you know, we, and we had him sign our things anyway, but it, it was just funny how his That's attitude so was. He's probably like so over that type of stuff. <laughs> he, it yeah, seems exactly. like it. Like, I don't have my movies memorized. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm not before, like a fucking nerds. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was before it was cool to be nerds, right? Like now yeah. it's all in and like, he's probably like, these guys. Like, you know, try to go get paid at least or something. I don't know. Right? <laughs> go smoke some weed and play Xbox. <laughs> well, you didn't have Xbox back then, but... Yeah. No. Play Nintendo. Yeah. I know. Nintendo. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> your Sega Dreamcast. Shut up and play your Sega Dreamcast. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I don't want to play it. That system sucks. <laughs> Fuck you, John Carpenter. Yeah. That's it. You're you blocked on game, Twitter bro? when it's invented. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. Blocked in the future. This is bullshit. Uh, cool. So why don't we get into our first movie here? Uh, the way that we are going to do this, I thought, with with having four people, and to make sure everyone kind of gets their lion's share of of talking points, we're going to uh, we'll start with reading our synopsis, and then we'll just kind of go through each movie with everyone listing some some likes. Uh, we'll each you know list a like, and then we'll kind of talk about it. And then if we can manage to muster up any dislikes to talk about, we'll point Great. those out. And give our final thoughts and our ratings, which I think you guys are aware of our, our ratings, which mm-hmm. correct. Now yeah. I feel like we actually have to. We, we may have to, I should say, name our our fifth tier that has been unnamed so far. The uh, the all time oh, right. classic, or um, uh, I like the idea of calling it one of one of the best around. And then oh. I could play the I could play the clip from the song from Karate Kid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. I think that'll help contextualize. We can just sing me. it, right? No, no. Well, you can't. No, I'm not going <laughs> to sing that. You're the best around. Nothing's ever going to keep you down. Oh, wow. That was beautiful. Right. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> Loop <All right>. it. <laughs> All right, so yeah, it will be uh, uh, hate, dislike, like, love, or the best around, or the best <laughs> around. <laughs> All right, so our IMDb synopsis is nice and short and sweet. Big Trouble in Little China from 1986. A rough and tumble trucker helps rescue his friend's fiance from an ancient sorcerer in a supernatural battle beneath Chinatown. What I'd like to do today is get your version of what happened. Oh, you mean the truth, of course. But first, uh, just state your name and your occupation for the record. Oh, Egg Chen, bus driver. Bus driver, uh, what kind of bus and where, please? Oh, tour bus. Bus for tourists. San Francisco, Chinatown. Now, oh, before we get to the meat of this thing, uh, do you at the present time have any knowledge of the whereabouts of a Mr. Jack Burton or his truck? Oh, God, will you leave him alone? Mr. Shen, please. You could be in a great deal of trouble. Half a city block explodes in a ball of green flame. Green flame! I mean, so all hell is breaking loose here. And there are people who say you're involved, that you might be responsible that you're a very dangerous man. Now, if you're protecting Jack you Burton... You leave Jack Burton alone. We are in his debt. He showed great courage. Okay. Okay. But if I'm going to be your attorney, there are a few things that I have to know that uh, still don't make any sense to me. Like, um... Uh, Chinese black magic. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Are you still serious about this? And uh, monsters and ghosts as well, I suppose. Oh, sure. And sorcery. And I suppose that uh, you expect me to believe in sorcery as well. Of course. Why? Because it's real. How can I know that, Mr. Shen? How? Yes, how? Help me out here. That doesn't wow, that's pretty that. much the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. That's, 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 that's a good IMDb. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yes. China yeah. is oh, here, Mr. Burton. <laughs> I know. Did they ever say where it actually is? San Francisco. I just, I oh. I just assumed San Francisco. I yeah, because I recognize some well. of the. Well, yeah. I also I feel like you said something about being out west, but maybe I maybe right, I'm right. misremembering that. I don't know. Shot in San Francisco, I'm pretty sure. So uh, maybe, I mean, because I saw some of the hills? landmarks. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I don't know what uh, what order do you guys want to go in? Should we? But Taylor, do you want to go first, or Curtis, or yeah? I don't um, want to put too much pressure on anybody. It's well, too much pressure for me. I'm already sweating. All right, I'll okay. I'll, I'll go first. <laughs> I have a really simple, um, a simple like here. You know, we're going to talk about our likes first. Um, yes. Because I want to put off the dislikes uh -huh. as far yeah, you know, as yeah. far as possible. Because that's going to be hard. <laughs> I got to think about it. But um, basically, so I just love how much fun everyone is having in this movie. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. 
this to me, and this is going to sound maybe like an insult a little bit at first, but just hear me out. This sure. is like, I mentioned Ed Wood earlier because he was on my mind, but this is like a competently directed Ed Wood film <laughs> where John Carpenter basically took all of his like ideas, like everything he wants to put in this movie, and he put them in there, it yeah. feels like. There's so much crazy shit going on in this movie. We were talking about the thunder and lightning earlier. Yes. You know, my my favorite scene in this movie occurs pretty early on when they're, you know, when he's driving down the alleyway initially yeah. and it just everything just goes totally fucking bonkers. You're like, yes. what is going on? You know, there's green yeah, yeah. lights everywhere. There's guys flying around out in the sky. There's two gangs fighting with yeah. each other. And basically, uh, I said almost Roddy Piper. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah. Kurt Russell. <laughs> Is basically all of us watching this film. He's like, yeah, yeah, he is. The actual fuck is going <laughs> yeah. on here. Yeah. You know? yeah, and I totally love that scene because it really sets the stage for like everything else that happens afterwards. Um, right. And you know, you at that point in time, I remember watching this film for the first time. You know, as like a 15 year old kid, I'm just like slack job, like wait they make movies like this like what is going on here you know like and i just you know i love how much fun he's having directing this film i love how much fun kurt russell obviously kurt russell had the time of his life like yeah the lines in this that he has in this film are just hilarious you know he's just like he's just like as if any of us were dropped into the yeah. situation he's just like okay i guess i'll i guess <laughs> i'll go into this you know weird chamber underground in chinatown you know uh -huh. whatever yeah. but right. uh, you know i know it's kind of like a general point but you know there's to me like i was thinking like what is a scene i can pick out and you know that one was so obvious to me because like it's just like mm -hmm. thing it, 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 it's i think it's obvious to anyone but it's where things just start going totally bonkers and you get sure sure for the rest for the end of the film and i know it's obvious but like that is what this film like boils down to it's just like when you watch that scene you're like okay i'm about to just have a shit ton of fun like i don't yeah. you know you're, right, you're right. talking earlier about like you want to try and watch carpenter's direction to see like you know what kind of camera tricks is he doing you know what you know things like that but you just become so immersed in this experience you're just like man take take me along for another ride man that this is so this is fucking awesome you know and that's just that is my like overarching thought about this film cool right it's just awesome crazy fun mm -hmm. yeah well let me i'll go off i'll go next after you just because mm -hmm. i want to piggyback off of the alley fight which is is definitely one of my biggest likes of the movie because it happens so early on. You know, it just starts out with like like the description says the rough and tumble trucker. He's going right. along. He's doing his little CB radio rant. Hey, like I told my last wife, I says, honey, I never drive faster than I can see. Besides that, it's all in the reflexes. <laughs> on a dark and stormy night, all right? When some wild-eyed, eight-foot-tall maniac grabs your neck, taps the back of your favorite head up against a barroom wall, and he looks at grips in the eye, and he asks you if you've paid your dues. Well, you just stare that big sucker right back in the eye, and you remember what old Jack Burton always says at a time like that. Have you paid your dues, Jack? Yes, sir, the check is in the mail. Playing cards and gambling with the guy, kind of wisecracking. And you're like, oh, okay, this, this <laughs> kind of movie. And then all of a sudden, they just 
Oh, go down this alley here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It turns down this alley, and then, it's, like you said, just all the... There's two different Chinese gangs come out, and they're fighting, <laughs> and they're doing all these... And there's a funeral, and then there's uh -huh. gunshots going off, and then... I love the description of the gangs, Wizards and shit too. come out, and like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just... It's such an insane part, and you're like... It's 20 minutes into the movie... Okay, I guess I guess this is what kind of movie this is then. <laughs> and so once sure. it sets that precedent, you're like not really taken back by anything else, really. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, what about you, Taylor? What's what's a like of this movie that you have? I mean, I guess I would just say, also kind of piggybacking off of that, like I don't watch a ton of. I mean, we discussed that. Like, I pretty much only watch horror movies yeah. now. I don't really sure. watch a ton of. The thing I watch the least is action movies or any okay. type Thanks. of. Um, martial arts movie my boyfriend actually loves martial arts movies he loves kung fu movies like specifically <laughs> hmm. like b kung fu movies sure. um and i watched one uh when we started dating because he lied to me and said it was a musical i love musicals <laughs> there was <laughs> there was one song in it, and i was so pissed i was like there was one song in this <laughs> like um and so I'm, you have to tell what film you have to tell I us now whatever so um but, like i'll say like this is this is the type of movie that I think like just has a wide appeal, but it doesn't kind of play to the lowest common denominator, you know? Right. Like, mm -hmm. It really leans into its wacky bits and it kind of has a little bit of everything and develops all of those things really well. Um, I, I, for instance, like my favorite storyline is, um, gosh, I'm forgetting his name, but like the old, the old man who's like sold, you know, he oh. sold. Um, like his whole storyline about like needing to find like a woman with like green eyes. I don't know why, like I really thought that whole storyline was really interesting because yeah. it kind of provided the through line. Mm -hmm. of Lopan the story. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. David Lopan. Lopan. Yeah. Yeah. Lopan. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and I thought all of the scenes with him were like really interesting because you're introduced to him in that fight scene at first and you're like, well, who the fuck is this guy? He kind of just right. seems like another random, <laughs> you know, aspect. And right. then you find out that like he's, I mean, I would consider him kind of like the main character. Of well, that that scene in the alleyway is so chaotic, but they bring it all together. In the yeah, end. exactly. And yeah. It, yeah. Your initial thought of what the fuck is going on eventually gets answered, yeah. which is so cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. So I just, yeah, I because like for me personally, the fight scene is cool. Like I'm not arguing with you guys. So That's not cool. really my thing though. So I was right. like, okay, great. I'm gonna watch a bunch of people fighting for two hours. Like I don't really care about that, but. <laughs> then it really did have like a lot of other really complete storylines besides that so right mm -hmm. nice what about you marco yeah the um this yeah you're right there's a lot of storylines going through and there's like subplots and main plot and everything but uh like anything with jack burton is my favorite in this movie <laughs> jack burton is in is a han solo type character the dude oh, yeah. fumbles through things and by luck by sheer luck and the people who around him around him kind of saving his ass all the time and and he's like so confused like that alley fight and he pulls the knife out like he's ready to go yeah. but he's yeah. still in the cab of his truck you know what the hell are you and, gonna do with that thing <laughs> exactly. i know yeah he's so like you know what the hell dude let's just do this I'll, i'm here with you I'll, I'll help you um i'll drink this potion and we yes. feel all strong and so confidence and then he goes in there blasts the machine gun and passes out halfway through the fight and he's laying on the ground as everybody's fighting jack burton so is fun. Yeah, exactly. It's like what Kurt Russell brought to it, what John Carpenter wrote to it with it. It was such an original character that anything with him in it was mm -hmm. a brilliant scene. Because mm -hmm. to me, like me, Big Trouble of China is to me is Jack Burton's story. I love it. It's the it's that you know trucker drifter uh, from the beginning, and it ended that way where he he left that adventure and off to another one. 
Like, you right. know, and now I'm a loner. You don't need my kind. Like, he thinks he's the hero in it, but yet everybody around him made him look good. Yeah, you know, right, again, that's right. that's Han Solo. He's yeah. like drifting through the story almost, yeah. but you know, exactly. he's, he's yeah. so lovable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they even have that one. There's that one scene where uh, where his buddy Wang like takes all the dudes out, and then he gets the gun out and, and jumps in. And he's like, "All right, I'm ready to fight." And it, yeah. Oh, okay, good job. Oh my yeah, God, yeah. It's the best. It's the absolute best. Like, God damn, this this I just can't say enough of it. I can really go off on like probably a couple well, hours on just how. Oh yeah, that's one of his best great. performances. Mm -hmm. sure. And I love, I love how it kind of turns on his head, kind of typical character that Kurt Russell plays, because yeah. he always plays like this badass, yeah. like on, especially mm -hmm. like you think of Escape from New York or Snake Liskin, yeah, right. sure. He just plays like this badass who can do anything. But in this film, he thinks <laughs> he's the badass, but exactly, you know, like you said, he's kind of like getting as much assistance as possible and fumbling through it. I just. I love, and he takes I all the credit. That. You know, he takes that credit yeah, right. too. He's like, yeah. you don't worry, I'm here kind of attitude. And yeah. And he gets yeah, lucky with the all in a reflex, you know, when he catches the knife and he throws it back at, at Opan. And it's just, oh, yeah, yeah. It's so funny. Like, so good. Like, yeah, there's I mean, like everything I can say about Jack Burton's character is brilliant. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I think he's like, and I mean, I think John Carpenter is like very wise to this concept, but I think he's also kind of like a stand in a little bit for like white machismo, like machismo, you know? Sure. Like he, oh, absolutely. Like, you know, he's kind of like surrounded by like literal martial artists and he thinks exactly. he's the one who's going to take them on because yeah. like, you know, of course, yeah. like we're so used to like the white man being like uh -huh. the hero. Um, and this movie, I think, kind of turns that on its head. But I think what Kurt Russell does for it is he's not like an angry character. He's not like, oh, I want it to be the one to. He's just like, <laughs> oh, you got it. Okay, cool. Like, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. you know. And exactly. I like that because right. it's like, it's you know, it's a little bit more like positive spin on like that yeah, trope than you normally. Definitely see. has the the greater good attitude. You know, like yeah. I was just happy to be a part of it. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. It, but fumbling through the whole movie is just, just fantastic. So it's just him and his truck. That's all. It's like, yeah. me, you know, like the guy and his dog. Oh, him yeah, and yeah. his truck. Yeah. I just love it, you know. Yeah. Right. Uh, what about you, Curtis? We'll, we'll uh, go through one more time here with any other, any characters or anything else that really was a standout for you? Well, really, I mean, the other thing I was going to point out, and it's kind of something I pointed out early on, is just, you know, Jack's character and Kurt Russell's acting in this film. If I'm mm. gonna be totally honest, this is probably, I would still put The Thing as his number one acting job uh, of all time for me, but this mm -hmm. is like a clear number two because of the versatility he's asked to play. And I think that's a great point that you made about the machismo and stuff and the way mm -hmm. that the character sort of is even on the joke. It's not just, you know, Kurt Russell acting, but right. like he's, the character himself is like, you know, sort of, and you know, I forget what what is the character that Samantha from Sex and the City plays in this film. Oh, oh God, what's her name? Uh, um, she kind of gives him uh, uh, Gracie. Gracie, okay. I we're I, we're not we're, very good. With we're names. terrible with names That's on our right. podcast as well. <laughs> so. okay. like, this lady. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> definitely, definitely listen to our podcast. But um, <laughs> I love how she points this out a few times, and he's like a little stung by it. But kind of by the end of the film, he's like sort of comes to this realization. It's like, oh, I'm not. I, I'm not the guy that's coming here to save the day. You yeah. know, it's kind of a right. Of, it's kind right. of these people around me. So, you know, that was kind of my second thing that I love so much about this film is that, you know, it's just his acting. I mean, he's great in pretty much everything he's in, super mm -hmm. sexy in everything that he's yeah. in. And, mm -hmm. but also just like, you know, he gets it. You know, the actor gets it, the character gets it. And I think if it had been any other way, like it, this film wouldn't have been as good and it wouldn't have been as fun. So I yep. just really I love how 
how all the elements come together in this film to just make it, you know, this isn't gonna, this isn't like, you know, fucking Citizen Kane or anything, but it's a fun film. I mean, it's, you know, it's a great way to spend like an hour and a half and everything Mm -hmm. comes together so well in this film. And Carpenter's just, he's just brilliant at making, And it's so quotable, you know, it's a quotable movie, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Not so fast, gentlemen. Is it too much to ask, Thunder? Kill him for me! Won't solve anything, Dave. Too many people around here been dropping like flies already, and where's that getting us, huh? Nowhere. Fast. Ah, you know what old Jack Burton always says at a time like this? Who? Jack Burton. Me. Um, I am going to say uh, one of my favorite things is the character of Egg Shen, uh-huh. the, the old oh, yeah. sorcerer guy, because yeah, he just seems like this kind of insignificant, bumbling tour bus tour, guy. Tour guy, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, this guy's, you know, he's just going to be like the dumb old guy that doesn't know. He just knows stuff, but he can't help. Mm-hmm. And then he ends up being such a, a huge asset to them with all of his magic and his crazy sorcery stuff that he has, mm-hmm. and. One of the best things is that he has that that like enhancing potion or whatever the fuck that shit yeah, is yeah, that he yeah, gave yeah. them to drink. Love that. The, the super I would potions. I just drink any potion that's put in front of me personally. So yeah, I it's like, what's in this stuff? Oh, don't worry about it. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And then, but then after they have it, then they get into the elevator and they're all like, "I feel pretty good." Like, yeah, yeah man, pretty I, good. I feel good too. Like, yeah, I feel I feel real positive. Like I got this this great attitude. Like I can that's take so on many. anything. Cheers. Uh, this does what again exactly? Huge buzz. Oh, good. See things no one else can see. Do things no one else can do. Real things. As real as Lopin. Hey, what more can a guy ask for? Oh, the six demon bag. Terrific. A six demon bag. Sensational. What's in it, Egg? Wind, fire, all that kind of thing. Here's to the Army and Navy and the battles they have won. As to America's colors, the colors that never run. And the wings of liberty never lose a feather. Uh-huh. <laughs> feel pretty good. <laughs> and I'm not, uh, not scared at all. I just feel kind of... feel kind of invincible. <laughs> Me too. I got a very positive attitude about this. Good, me too. Yeah. Is it getting hot in here or is it just me? Yeah. So much of that in my life before oh, yeah. taking strange substances all exactly. the time. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. feels good. I was like, huh? <laughs> I know, I'm like, was that was there weed in that? What was going on? <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, yeah, I like, love Egg Shen's character. It's just me. <laughs> it's just so <laughs> He had so many just like funny lines yeah. and going along with the quotability and stuff. And, and he just killed that that kind of kooky, squinty eyed sorcerer weirdo guy that seemed like he couldn't do anything. And then all of a sudden was kind of uh, this the surprise hero of the group. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, what about you, Taylor? Um, like kind of just speaking about like the action scenes. Um again you know i'm not a huge fan of like big fight scenes but i do love a narrow escape and i think this film has like a lot of really great kind of narrow escapes without seeming kind of like a 
oh well that's convenient you know type right. of thing um i think right. it like, like indiana jones yeah exactly like <laughs> everything is situations up super and then, convenient. Yeah, yeah 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 it's that situations up and then you're like oh like how are they gonna get out of this and they kind of get out of it by like you know, some luck and like some, you know, ingenuity, like, you know, that scene where they're kind of like all tied up um, in the underground, like dungeon and they like somehow managed to escape. And right. um, so, right. yeah, I just like, I mean, I like all of those scenes cause it kind of, it keeps the story going and it like helps them move like to the logical next step. Uh, but without seeming like, oh, this is just like a convenient way to move the plot along. Mm -hmm. um, so I yeah, think yeah, that's, yeah. A good, that's a good example of like action, which is fun and everyone likes to watch that, uh, but with like smart storytelling as well. Right. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. The um, what, What's great about this movie is that when John Carpenter wrote it, he wrote in the the lore behind the two factions that are fighting, why they're fighting in Lopan's Pan's mm -hmm. character of what he wants to be immortal and he needs personal green eyes. So mm -hmm. like, like to me, it's like, again, I, I could break this movie down at scenes because almost every scene is perfect from honestly, the, the intro credits to the end credits. Right. Um, but what I really love is that comic book feel to it where mm -hmm. it's faction versus faction, uh, lightning, rain and thunder greatest uh, villains in this movie, you know, besides yes. Lopan, of course, right? Like, yeah. elements, you know, so in the whole, yeah. yeah, in the Chinese lore about it, like, you know, mm -hmm. uh, where uh, Egg Shen was saying, like, China is here, this hero, we take it, and it's got this huge lore and mythos to it, and underground, and um, it, it, like, the good versus evil aspect of it, um, yeah, it's just, it's exciting, it's, it's world-building, mm -hmm. You know, right. it's almost to perfection in that small little corner where everybody goes about their lies, but you got this huge thing going on. Like it so mentioned sure. in the movie, there's been war, there's a war raging, you know, under the streets for for centuries. Mm -hmm. And right. uh, I have to say that's got to be like a, a very good selling point for as a as a theme for a movie, you know. And then of course the three the you know like I said the elements uh, their first their intro and then their demises is great. Great. The three yeah. basket heads. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I started to call them uh, like I gave them each each a name, and they were they were named now and your and fucked. Because every time there was there would show up, it's like oh now you're fucked. Yep, yep. Guess who just showed up? Now you're fucked. And I love the fact like when the two games so were, were fighting, and it's just the elements came in, and just wiped them all out. Oh on yeah, both sides. I love. Mm -hmm. They didn't care. I love and I love their weapons too. Yeah, their I know. Yeah, are so cool. One has like I was thinking like when I was watching the movie, I was like the the one uh, I, I forget which element has it, but he has like a weapon that almost looks kind of like a back scratcher a little bit. Like <laughs> oh yeah, yeah that's right, the right. Deadliest back scratcher I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, <laughs> I, think I know that's that thing was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome though. Yeah, and then the one guy died by exploding. That was badass. <laughs> exactly. So cool. So cool. <laughs> he just blew up. Yeah. But uh, yeah. cool. Well. Uh, before we move on, just any any like really quick things that we didn't cover as far as a love that anyone wanted to point out in I particular? Mean, we, we did touch on how Kurt Russell is a babe, so I feel like... Yes. Hair looked great. I mean, like, here's the thing. <laughs> Do you remember in 2004 when everyone was wearing trucker hats? Like, yeah. mm -hmm. Kurt Russell's the only man I've seen who can, like, actually pull it off. Yeah, and yeah. he was yeah. doing it in 1986. I mean, trendsetter. Yeah, you know? I, really I still job. have to get that tank top. 
Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I, like, oh, yeah, yeah. think I'm going to buy it, and then I always forget to every summer. Yeah. I see. I, that's the kind of clothing item that I get thinking, like, I'm going to look like a badass. And then it's just <laughs> this, like, pudge everywhere and stuff, you know? Yeah. So maybe I'll hold off. Yeah, maybe I'll <laughs> Another couple years. Yeah, yeah. I'll keep to, keep doing my two-mile runs. Exactly. You know? Right, yeah, right. It'll, that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the only other – I was going to point out that I just love the, the diversity of the characters in, in – the way the characters are portrayed, but also just in the ethnic diversity that you got all of these, you know, amazing Asian actors to play all these parts that are so deep and so kind of well-rounded and, and, and flushed out that, I mean, it's, it's easy to kind of overlook that because it's, you know, well, it's supposed to take place in Chinatown, but they could have, you know, done a little bit of whitewashing on it too, I'm pretty sure, but he really made sure to, to fill in everything properly. And it, the diversity is going to be a theme that i was going to point out in all three of these movies there's a lot of that where it's just kind of like he does such a good job of making it normalized like the, yeah, yes. the thing that right. we always say that we want now where it's not like we have to point out oh you're a woman or oh you're an asian person or mm -hmm. oh you're gay like, that you're just a person standing next to another person standing next to another person right. yeah. and his movies do such a great job of that and, and so many of them i mean there is some that aren't really geared towards doing that per se but in, in all three of these i feel like that's something that happened whether it was intentional or, right. or maybe not intentional but right uh, just it's, it's one of those things like Kurt Russell just goes there and he knows all these people and that's a part of his life and yeah kind of like, yeah oh you're the white guy I mean they make some jokes here and there about it but it's not well that's right. just real life you yeah, know? yeah, it's, yeah. Not a, it's not a thing no yeah. I mean I agree with that though it's just mm -hmm. I mean obviously it's a film set in Chinatown so obviously like there are going to be um, Chinese actors I mean I don't know if they were all Chinese but you know they were all mm -hmm. Asian right. actors um, mm -hmm. And another thing kind of along that vein is like, I, I was thinking like, you don't really see a lot of, unless it's a movie specifically about that, you don't see a lot of um, Asian like men being portrayed in like a romantic or like sexual way. And like right. one, of the, one of the main storylines of this is um, mm -hmm. obviously the, like the main character mm -hmm. is like, his fiance was kidnapped. And right. so right, right. that's kind of the through line of the film. And I mean, I say it's no big deal. Like the film doesn't treat it like it's a big deal in the sense that they don't point out like, remember he's Chinese, but you know, it's yeah. like, mm -hmm. I like that, you know, it's kind of just like treated as like a fact of life. Whereas in other films, it would be like, they would be making a big deal about the fact that he's right. like, not a white, yes. you know? Yeah. And yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. I don't know. I don't know if we're, we were going to go into this just yet, but like really you know, I was thinking about some of my dislikes of this film. Really, the mm -hmm. only dislike of this film is something that a smart viewer will realize is a strength of this film. And let me explain. <laughs> uh, so early on in the film, um, Kurt Russell's character, when he's introduced to like, you know, this this Chinese, this Chinese mysticism and all these different elements of Chinese culture, he's initially like, you know, what the fuck and kind of right. like mocking towards it. Mm -hmm. And I felt like when I was watching that, like kind of like, you know, especially in the 80s like a dumber viewer might be like ha 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 look you know yeah. look at this stupid chinese stuff but i think you know that that's a little bit of a problem because you know all sorts of people watch films but i think a smart viewer will realize as this film goes on like how much he comes to accept it and accept his yes. role in the greater story as we talked about earlier so i really do think because again if any of us were thrown we're all kurt russell we're all jack yeah. in this film yeah. like if yeah. any of us were thrown into this situation be like okay Hold on, like we pause this for like one second, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. But so that, you know, I think what ends up happening in this film for a character like, you know, for a character like Jack is 
very realistic and very like empathetic towards Chinese culture. And I, I just love the way the film handles this because mm -hmm. not having watched this film in about you know 15 years, I was like, oh, John Carpenter making a Chinese kung fu movie. That's a little weird, you know? And right, I heard right. um, uh, Dead Meat podcast a few weeks ago talked about John Carpenter films and they yeah. kind of glossed over this film a little bit and it made me kind of want, because you know, they're, you know, very intelligent, thoughtful people on that podcast talking about when they talk about films. But I really love the way they actually handled it. So, you know, for talking dislikes, you know, even my dislike is kind of a, yeah. a little it's, bit of a yeah, like. Yeah, I hear you. Like, sure, sure. Yeah, so there, yeah. yeah. Well, we can we can transition to dislikes, and sure. then I guess if we keep the same order, then I would go after you. <laughs> which uh, one of my dislikes is that the the character of Gracie, mm -hmm. her she just has so much like painfully obvious dialogue in the movie. Yes, yeah. where she's like. Oh, look at over there. There is a guy about to sit down in front of this other man who is this person that it's like she's basically just yeah. reading off of the page. It felt it felt very um right. Very Wooden. exposition dumpy every time mm -hmm. that she was talking. But at the same time, a lot of it was kind of necessary because the movie's so crazy that how else are you going to tell the story in an hour and a half without people being like, let me tell you about the Wang Chung and the Chang Sing. <laughs> yes, yes. Just sit down for a minute and I'm going to dump all of this exposition on you. Right. So it, it does feel a little like mostly the Gracie stuff with her. I just I feel like her acting is a, like a bad in the wrong way. Like, right. <laughs> For the movie, like the, the, not that people are bad acting, but it's it's got mm -hmm. more of a comedic acting to it. Yeah. And I don't think that she's a great comedic actor, maybe or something. And in, in this, at least at this time when she did this, she, say, Sex in the Sex City, in she is the best. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, but doesn't I don't know, she just feels like off in the movie, doesn't she? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 She seems like the least essential character to me. Yeah. And right. It, she also seems to like know a little bit too much like coming yeah just like, yeah she's like i'm a lawyer i studied things yeah, yeah. i can tell you most lawyers studied don't about chinese shit. gangs so what the fuck well that's what yeah. i'm saying I, it, what is her like butt out you know it's like what <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i was like she knows a little bit yeah, too like, much I really, yeah, yeah i don't understand her role specifically yeah, um or weird. why she um i mean i guess i know why she became involved uh but mm -hmm. that's not a really well developed storyline and you know that actually oh, was by chance too yeah mm -hmm. yeah um that actually relates to like my big dislike too and i picked out something a little bit more specific but like i feel like there was a lot of fabricated romantic tension between her and like kurt russell's character and that seemed just like it seemed a little bit um like a box to check which is unusual from right. john carpenter yes uh, yeah it's like Oh, of course, the two, like, uh, you know, kind of famous, like, movie stars in, in the film have to have, like, uh, you know, a romantic mm -hmm. kind of relationship. And they had no chemistry whatsoever. I, I mean, right. yeah. I don't know. You can't have chemistry with Kurt Russell, but Kim Cattrall's, like, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they just, like, had that weird moment at the end, and then Kurt Russell was like, anyway, I'm going to leave. Bye. <laughs> well, yeah, so, yeah. No, yeah. I know, that... but, like, that part, I, like, that's what I'm saying, though. Their whole relationship yeah. seemed to be for the fact that it shows that Kurt Russell, like, is, like, in love with the road, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, so mm -hmm. it just kind of seemed like a stupid way to go about it. Yeah, that. it also can seem like, you know, this is where, like, Hollywood executives come in and go, look, an Asian... Yeah. Uh, love interest is not going to sell this thing. You got to right. put the Caucasian love interest to kind of mirror the two. But one yeah. was stronger. One was just kind of put in there. Yeah, it, it could yeah. feel a little forced. It really can. Yeah. And um, and I think what you just said there too about Jack Burton said, you know, I'm in love with the road and being the lone wolf. 
kind of thing. You kind of needed a little love interest so he can forget it and then move on and do like this is his character. So I don't know. Like like I said, that's like me saying that's what John Carpenter would say. But then the Hollywood executives say, you know, the the uh, conform, you know, you know, conform to mm -hmm. have this because that's not strong enough because of minorities or whatever. You know, yeah. it's 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 an ugly thing in Hollywood. Um, yeah, you know, but uh, but hey, like I said, John Carpenter was there for us. I think to in the future to kind of you know make it better yes, um absolutely. but also it'd it be going on with the love interest it, this is not a problem now as an adult watching this movie but as a kid i i hated the love the stories in this movie <laughs> yeah um yeah. and that would be like my only complaint because of something like i would fast honestly like fast forward those parts because i was like i don't care you know i want to see <laughs> yeah i, I want to see jack burton do his thing i want to see dopan i want to see the set i want to see all these things and uh every right. time you know the Oh, the airport scene. Besides the kidnapping, yeah. I would like kind of fast forward just to the kidnapping scene. Yeah, so, I, that would be I like agree too. That was thing. yeah. That was something with uh, especially with Wang. His yeah, yeah. his his love acting where he's like, oh, her her <laughs> eyes know. are like creamy bowls of jade. Like yes. he had all this very, very descriptive like, like lovey-dovey talk. I'm like, all right, dude, relax. <laughs> Middle school. Or something. Yeah, yeah. That's like, all right. very true. The dialogue. Simmer on that down, Wang. Cringy. Put it back yeah, in your exactly. pants. <laughs> shaking his wang all over the place. Uh, uh, does anyone have any other dislikes? Or I did a couple like just minor nitpicks I could bring. Go ahead. Up. Yeah. Um, Go for it. One thing that I, I put as a dislike just because it always grosses me out is Lopan's super long pinky nail. <laughs> oh, on both it's hands. Okay. Yeah. That's have, a like. Have to disagree. That's a like. <laughs> That's yeah. a like. Yeah. yeah it's just I have a thing about super, when people have super long fingernails that it sort of grosses me out. I'm like, yeah. sure. You're supposed to sniff stuff off. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's cocaine nails there. <laughs> yeah. I just want to chew them down. I'm like, no. This is gonna work. <laughs> That's, um, That's a dislike. Yeah. <laughs> Another, I guess this isn't so much of a dislike, but more of like a what the fuck moment mm -hmm. is uh, when when he's about to do the wedding ceremony and then the guys have to come out and do these martial arts displays before they can present oh, the weapons. Oh yeah, that was. And the hilarious. guy just comes out and he's, yeah. he's got the weird. Uh, it's like it's like two knives with like a rounded blade on the front of the handle, uh -huh. and he's just swinging them back and forth like hi hi hi. Just back. I'm like, what what kind of martial arts is that? That's not even. Are you like Again, chopping that's wood? A like what? For me. That, there's... I like that. <laughs> It's so much. It's not so much. Film. It's, yeah. so <laughs> it's not. It's not like a dislike. More, I was just like, "What the fuck is actually yeah, happening yeah, right yeah, now?" Yeah. This yeah, is so weird. Yeah. That's funny. Um, and then it, and another, I guess, just more cheesy moment that felt like it was kind of overhamming was the wire fight with with Egg Shen and the one elemental guy, mm. where they were doing the like flying next to each other oh. through <laughs> the air, like punching each other yeah. while they're flying. Yeah. It's, it was like, all right, you're going a little too far. Like, just bring it back a little bit. Yeah, that, but they have that in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon and stuff, yeah, too. Yeah. I mean, you know, it just seems like, well, I, obviously that movie came out well after this one, but it seems like John Carpenter was like, well, it's a kung fu movie. Right. Yeah. Got, you got to put this in there. But it's actually there. kind of funny you bring that up, because as I said, like, my boyfriend really likes kung fu movies, so this is not an observation of mine. It's an observation of his, but at the end, yeah. he was like, it was a good movie, not a great like martial arts. Movie. Yeah. Like the actual martial arts in it. Yeah. Like not yeah, right. amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can see that. Yeah. Those were all like super minor nitpicks that. Yeah. It's it's more like you're pointing out things like we tend to like a lot of kind of bad or like dumb comedy type stuff where you go like. <laughs> Well, this is totally stupid, but I like it because yeah. it's stupid. It's dumb. Yeah, exactly. I'm the same one. Yeah. yeah, me too. This is really dumb. I loved it. Yeah. 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 I just uh, didn't cool. like that it ended. 
I'd love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to see that guy do more martial arts demonstrations. <laughs> we need more elements. Yeah, yeah, more elements. There's there's got to be more out there. Yeah. yeah. Fire. Uh, Where's fire? Earth. Earth. What else? Yeah. Air. I guess there's only a few elements. <laughs> <laughs> like, exactly. I was like, oh, yeah, there's only two. Yeah, damn it. All right, we're all out of elements. Uh, cool. Why don't we we can go around and kind of give our final thoughts and, and ratings on this guy then. Uh, do either one of you got want to go first? Well, you guys are just going to hate me tonight because I... I When we ever do ratings on our... We don't do ratings on our podcast, but sure. whenever we... Whenever we do do ratings, I actually have a spreadsheet on my uh, on my computer where I put in all the movies I like, and I've now gotten to the point where I'm, you know, not all the movies, all the movies I watch, I'll rate them. I've now gotten right. to the point where I'm doing like eight point seven five. Like it's <laughs> yeah, I'm, oh, I sure. go nuts. On well, that's so that's why we got rid of the numbers and okay. just uh, it's just well, you know like or love. So well, or or one of the you're, best around. You're you're, <laughs> you're not gonna like this, but <laughs> I put this as a like love cusp. Because when I say I love a movie, I think mm-hmm. it's just like top, top tier. And especially talking about it now with you guys, I'm just like, man, this is just like one of Carpenter's greatest <laughs> films. But if I'm going to yeah, say yeah. love, I'm talking like top three or four Carpenter film. This mm-hmm. is maybe in my top six. I was thinking about it while we were talking now. So ultimately, if I had to come down, I would say like really, really like, but I don't quite love it. But so okay. I'm going to go like, but it's really a like love cusp. So sure. Gotcha. sure. Like when you're in middle school and you're like, do you like me or do you like me? Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Like, 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 I like it. Like, it. yes, yeah. it's a double like. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Nice. Like on Instagram, if you're like, if I could like this picture twice, I totally would. Exactly. Yeah. So good. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about you, Taylor? I also thought of it in terms of um, other John Carpenter films that I've seen kind of to give myself a little bit to, to grade against. And I also come in at a like um, just because and I would say just because this isn't t- tends to be the type of film I'm drawn towards. Um, sure. But, well, yeah, the action movie and yeah. martial arts and all that stuff, yeah. like you said, isn't really your thing. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, that being said, I really enjoyed watching it like I would. The only point at which I was like, oh, no, this might be very bad for me is was the scene in the alleyway until the elements showed up. And then I was like, oh, that's fine. You know, so um, I enjoyed the whole film. And right. I can't stress this enough. Love Kurt Russell. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I am going to put this one as a love for me. Uh, I, I have talked about this on other shows. And then every time I bring it up, I say I've talked about this on other shows. But <laughs> I have a, a ton of nostalgic movies for me. And this one... The nostalgia does factor in because I, I do specifically remember this one from my childhood and watching it over and over again and wanting to be Jack Burton and wanting to get the stupid knee-high boots and the dumb knife to put in them and, <laughs> and get weird curved fist blades that I could do hallway martial arts with. During weddings. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Who's getting married? I got a dance to do. Anybody getting married? <laughs> but uh, I, I would say if I didn't have the nostalgia for it, I, I would be closer to in in between. Uh, it would be more of a like-like yeah. situation. But that's the only thing that really took away from it for me is when it goes almost too stupid at times or when it has a little too obvious of dialogue and you're like, all right, that feels kind of kind of hacky. But mm-hmm. the, the direction and the acting and the fucking monsters that we didn't even mention. Right. Right. Yeah, like, I know. Just, yeah. The effects well, and stuff. Like, there's so, so much great stuff in this. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Marco? Um, well, all three of you are Trekkies. So <laughs> I don't expect... 
<laughs> I'm not no, a Trekkie. Uh, this is a best around it's movie. Okay. <laughs> yeah, thank oh, you. Yeah. Okay, there. No, I had to throw that in. I had to. Um, no, Paul is not a Trekker. Uh, okay. No. Trekker. Yes. This is a best around movie for me. This is nice. ultimate movie for me. And nice. yes, a lot of it is nostalgia. I think because I always think, think about that too. It's like, what if I saw this brand new today? Would I be like, yeah, that was cool. You know, I could see it, but you know, there's other things out there. But just because like it was back in the 80s, you know, this is what we saw. We saw cheese, cheesy movies that had such a bigger than life persona than the actual movie was. Like, you know, John Carpenter, we said John Carpenter makes movies that are actually bigger later on. Um, it's like people don't catch on until later. It seems like, you know, they become cult classics, but this movie had everything, monsters, you know, kung fu action, sci-fi, lore, you know, of course, like I said, we mentioned the acting, Kurt Russell, the, the, the character arcs go on and on and on. It's like John Carpenter had a list of every character arc and he got it. Um, we have resolution at the end and there, of course, a little surprise at the end. And again, highly quotable. Look how quotable this movie is too. But um, no, no, I... This is this is in the top ten movies of all time be, that are non horror for me. That's nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. We're, Beautiful. We're not fucking robots. I mean, yeah. you know, like that's awesome that you feel that way about this film. You know, like I have. Oh yeah. yeah. You know. I like a lot. Of, like, like I like a lot of films. I'm not saying that this is one of those films, but mm -hmm. I like a lot of films for like nostalgia purposes yeah. as well. Like, I mean. Oh I think, sure. You know, like stuff that you watched a thousand times when you were growing up, you're always gonna love. Yeah, movies, absolutely. You know? yeah. Shrek. Right. Shrek no, being just... one of them. <laughs> no, but that's fucking awesome. I'm glad. You know, that's awesome. It's awesome to hear you like talk about you both. You talk about these films too, because I love talking yeah, right, about right. like you yeah. know nostalgia yeah. shit like that. Oh, it's sure. just awesome. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's well, just... usually I, I'm the one that doesn't know the stuff. From my childhood. <laughs> I'm like, I just saw this for the first time two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, no, there's just certain things that hit you really hard. Like you can just not necessarily like I can't relate, you know, you know, to the T of these characters, but you just kind of get into that moment when you saw it for the first time or, you know, a hundred, hundred time. It's just like something about it. Just kind of like, I get it. I, I connect. I get it. I understand what this movie is throughout the whole thing. Uh, every character, every location. Um, but yeah, there's only a few, a handful of movies that do that, you know? Um, yeah. And John Carpenter really does have, a few like in my top 10 he's got five i think movies that are in my top you know yeah he, he's wow. he's the master yeah. absolutely the master yes. absolutely right he's so good that one of his non-horror movies is in my top 10 horror movies that's how you that's how you that's hilarious it. paul <laughs> the art of the self dunk yeah. yeah 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 he definitely dunked on me <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, why don't we why don't we take a break here, okay. and we will regroup to come back and talk about assault on precinct thirteen. You just listen to the old pork chop express here now. Take his advice on a dark and stormy night when the lightning's crashing and the thunder's rolling and the rain's coming down in sheets thick as lead. Just remember what old Jack Burton does when the earth quakes and the poison arrows fall from the sky and the pillars of heaven shake. Yeah, Jack Burton just looks that big old storm right square in the eye and he says, give me your best shot, pal. I can take it.
and looking at the cast, because I, you know, I just I'm really bad with names and stuff. I realized like uh, one of the characters in this is Kim Richards from Real Housewives. How weird! Oh really? Yeah. Which Real Housewives what? is she on? Though I don't know what it's on. What? Real she, Housewives oh, she plays of, one uh, of the Beverly Hills. She plays one of the secretaries. Yes. Yeah. Oh wow. Think, wait, no, no, I don't know what she does. Does she? No, I think she plays the kid. She might play the kid. She's like oh, not yeah, that. She's I mean, not this is from the seventies. Yeah. That makes a I think she's like the kid. Like it's. Yeah. 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 Right. Jeez. That's really strange. That's a deep cut. That's like a deep cut. Which housewives is she in? Beverly Hills. Right. Or See, that's the, that's the one I didn't See, watch. Like, the only ones worth watching are New Jersey and Atlanta. Uh, I like Orange. It's, it's wild. Orange, <laughs> I think it's we like trash TV. <laughs> no problem. That's okay. I, I don't. Yeah, uh, there's definitely TV. some recognizable faces yeah. in this movie, though. Yeah. There's certain. Yeah, certainly. Uh, which, uh, the. The the uh, the guy Wells, the other prisoner, who was like the trainer in all the Rocky movies. Yes. Mm-hmm. There was just the guy in the corner, which was funny. I was looking at his credits, and he was just credited as like trainer, trainer, trainer. And then when they got to like the sixth movie, they gave him the name Duke. <laughs> he had like That's he was funny. unnamed until later, and they never went That's back. That's weird because it. in Rocky Three, he had a big role. He actually had a big role. And yeah, he was just trainer, trainer. In, in all of the yeah, credits. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, of course we have uh, we have. Bracket from Halloween. Yes. Is in this one, yep. right? Yeah. Uh, cool. All right. Well, I know. I when I saw, I was, saw that she was the only one with like kind of a modern headshot. I was like, who the fuck is this? I was like, yeah. Ah. yeah. Anyway. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, since we're already talking about it, we <laughs> are back and talking about Assault on Precinct 13. I'll just leave all this stuff in about are you guys watching Real Housewives. Yeah, go, yeah, <laughs> you, sure. You, you, uh, you, that's embarrassing for me. Maybe it's embarrassing Top three for Housewives show. <laughs> no, that's awesome. <laughs> hey, we all, we all have our dumb things that we love. Yeah, yeah. Or our very intelligent things, yeah. as the case with Housewives. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Not to, uh, not to say that you're dumb or anything. Mm. I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> no, I feel I like that's a bit of a dunk, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our, our IMDb synopsis for Assault on Precinct 13 from 1976 is an unlikely partnership between a highway patrol officer, two criminals, and a station secretary is formed to defend a defunct Los Angeles precinct office against a siege by a bloodthirsty street gang. Wow. That's another good description. Yeah, usually Brian. I feel yeah, like IMDb bad. descriptions are not that great. Yeah, these have been really good. Yeah, <laughs> these are great. Yeah. They've been better. I feel like lately we we always read them on the show. I feel like they've been pretty good, other than a couple lately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've had some that are just but, way off. Like just, <clears> most of the ones I like, I because I always go over IMDb before we begin our shows, and some sure. of them have just like. I just started to completely discount them because I usually just go on for trivia now because sometimes yeah. you find some interesting mm-hmm. stuff. But mm-hmm. some of them, like, you know, Halloween will be described as, on Halloween night, children are enjoying their candy and a killer is abound. It's yeah. like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Are you kidding? Okay. Right. Yeah. Anyway. So why don't we start with our dislikes and we'll mix up the order a little bit here. Sure. Uh, why don't you go first, Marco? Oh, yeah. Um. So, I again, this is a new watch for me and I, I, was, I was hoping that I had seen it in the past and memories would float up like, oh, yeah, I've watched this, right? Because it is 1977, six? 76. Six, yeah. yes. Um, so it's as old as me. So, right. um, <laughs> I, no, uh, yeah, I never watched it. I never seen it. And um, and I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be 100% honest here. Part of my um, watching this movie was seeing the growth of John Carpenter as a director from this movie to all his future ones. Like, I see a lot of mistakes and a lot of, like, um, not mistakes. Okay, 
um, lack of storytelling as far as like uh, fleshing out characters or fleshing out characters. Sure, uh, sure. Uh, too many jump cuts and too many of the of the special effects. But again, that's the times, right? It was probably shot really on a low budget, real fast pace, uh, and it could have hurt it. But you know, this to me is not a staple uh, John Carpenter movie, and that's how I felt. Um, the content of it was, like I said, that Charles Bronson most, you know, that, uh, you know, cop shoot em up action film. So right. I have a lot of dislikes of the movie and it has a lot to do with the aesthetics of it just because, again, comparing it to uh, Big Trouble in China where I grew up and not really noticing the aesthetic uh, choices that he made and just kind of dealt with it as a kid. I don't have this. So I have this reference now. I, I watched it, you know, now. So I would say probably my favorite and and it goes into a dislike and like it was the gang was the la gang um first it was described as a youth game and there were youth and there was not one youth in that entire gang uh, <laughs> right you know um but also like i love the fact that they had this kind of cult-like uh, status as a gang and they did thing and they said not a word through the whole movie um but again i did not like their whole mob mentality running and, and dying and over like like you know, uh, like ants. Um, right, right. And it just didn't seem, I don't know, it just seemed real isolated, of course. I know this was supposed to be like a, a widespread invasion of them taking the war to cops, the L.A. cops, right? But I was, mm. I would love a little bit more backstory on why the cops gunned them down in the first place in the beginning of the film. Um, they made a blood pact. Let's get a little bit deeper into that blood pact. Was it just for their fallen comrades? Was it, was you know... Uh, you know, they didn't do enough civilian killing because, it, you know, they, it, that's hard. To, that's a weird thing to say, right? Um, <laughs> they, when they shot that girl, the, oh, my God. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like they didn't do enough. If they wanted to really cause terror on the streets, like that's what their goal was. You know, they should have done more of it and just kind of isolated it to this one share, this uh, police station that was going out of business, really. So um, I don't know. There's a there's the, I think the one thing that really bothered me was when the gang was pouring through the windows and they're getting shot in the head and the, the next guy would come to and get shot in the head and the, the next guy said, like, don't aren't they learning not to do that anymore it's like a, a weird thing to sacrifice yourself um right you know so it kind of was like all right it's getting a little a little too long here you know but i don't know did i uh did i accidentally start us on dislikes yes <laughs> that's all right <laughs> yeah that's okay. uh, movie <laughs> no that there's uh no i think i did say dislikes right when i started yeah, i meant to say sorry. likes but that's okay we can do our dislikes i kind of put both uh, in here a little bit i don't know if you yeah. want to just merge what, what about you taylor what did, do you have anything that you disliked as far yeah, as this I mean, movie kind of rough for me because i actually really enjoyed this uh film mm -hmm. and marco there's a few things that you brought up that i actually want to discuss in my life yeah um, me too. And so sure, sure, sure. I'll, I'll just hold off on that um the one mm -hmm. thing um that i personally didn't love about this film um i i, I don't tend to love the buddy buddy convict cop um right. narrative right. i think that that first of all it's a little played out um and second of all, I just feel like it's a little disingenuous and, and kind of dishonest. Yes. Like, that's not mm -hmm. the reality. As someone who works with prisoners, I can yes. say, yes, it is yeah, no like, uh, convicts right, become right. like cops. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I can't, like, I mean, that being said, though, I think the specific situation that this convict and this cop were in, their dynamic made sense because the film, I think, does a good job at um, setting up, you know, the people within the precinct versus the people outside the precinct. Mm -hmm. and, and, it, and it has, like, a commentary on how 
our differences, uh, you know, <laughs> in criminal status or, or what have you are kind of set aside, you know, to, to fight against like the sure, sure. side. But I just okay. thought a little bit of their dialogue was a little cheesy. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I didn't really love that dynamic. And as we kind of joked about in the beginning, um, I don't necessarily love movies that ask me to sympathize like with like the cops, you know what I mean? Especially like I right, right. some yeah. stuff they do in this film. Yeah, too, especially like some of the, the stuff film. they do in this film right. too is like questionable. Yeah, I'm supposed to like they're like the hero. Mm -hmm. um, right. So those are kind of the only two elements of the film that uh, I didn't like. Again, we talked about like when you watch a John Carpenter film, you're trying to keep track of like his direct um, directing decisions sure. and this is one of those films i tried to do that for but i got really sucked into the story so i don't have too much to say um dislike wise about about that so yeah my dislikes right. pretty slim for this film yeah right right uh what about you curtis well just to piggyback i guess on the more like political social aspect of this film i think if I'm going to be charitable, knowing what kind of guy John Carpenter is and what kind of films he would go on to make in the future, I would say he kind of put that aspect of it aside. Because I think, I mean, this might be a little controversial, but I think it's probably between this film and Halloween for me as the best of his directed films. Because oh. I think, I just think the way that it's directed, I really... I know we're not talking about likes. I'm already you're, getting ahead of my... I'm so sorry. I love the way that this is sparsely directed. So I think he was trying to develop his style in this film. Yeah, also than I agree with that. Yes. Be very right. story focused. Um, however, you know, I, I think some of like the characterization uh, is a little like bad. I mean, just straight up yeah. bad. I mean, you have right, this right. street gang kind of kind of taking the role of a Michael Myers almost, just yeah. being the personification mm -hmm. yeah. of evil. Yeah, the silent but, killer, right. And, you know, he does go out of his way to be like, okay, there's a white guy, a black guy, a Hispanic guy. You know, they, they say on the news it's multiracial. <laughs> yes, they right. did. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I see what he's trying to do, but at the same time, like, you know, in, in reality, in real life, the villains aren't the people who are being, you know, oppressed, who are like, who are right, poor, right. who are, you know, struggle in life. I mean, a lot of people resort to gang violence because it is like the only way they can like get, you know, some sort of, have some sort of livelihood, you know, make money in their lives and Absolutely. things like that. Yeah. And, you know, for it to, and you know, this, John Carpenter, you know, this is not a unique film in that regard. There's a lot of movies that, you know, gangs are the bad guys, What is mm -hmm. whatever. But just to see that from John Carpenter is just a little bit disappointing and asking me to sympathize with cops who are you know, beating the shit out of this guy early on in the mm -hmm. film. It's like, oops, sorry, you must have <laughs> yeah. tripped. It's like, fuck you, asshole, yeah, you know? Exactly. Yeah, right. But, right, um, exactly. you know, that that was really, you know, my biggest complaint of this film just has to do with who is directing this film. You know, if this were any other film, you know, it wouldn't, uh -huh. Eric, sorry, if this were any other director, I maybe wouldn't have this complaint as strongly, but because he's such a thoughtful Sure, um, sure. director in regards to social commentary, especially in They Live, which we'll talk about later. I just thought aspects of this film were a little, you know, blue lives matter-y, you know, <laughs> like, you know, cops are people too, just like, you know, convicts and stuff. It's just yeah. some of the, some of the, you know, to the extent that this film did have some social commentary, I thought it was a little ham-fisted, and to the extent that it kind of right. shied away from those aspects, I also thought that was ham-fisted, because, you know, even when you don't make a point, you still make a point, and, right. you know, you know, people in gangs are people too, you know? So. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Right. Well, and I think he he did balance it where they showed good cops and they showed bad cops, yeah. just like they had bad criminals and good criminals. Obviously, the, <laughs> the two guys who become befriended to the police are guys that are on their way to death row. Mm -hmm. It's like, what 
what skin did they have in the game that could have just gotten killed there because they're going to go to death row anyway. So. Right. Yeah. It's it's like I agree that he was trying to show that he want like he he had these good guys on both sides, but the characterization isn't quite as strong. Yeah. Or, or character development, and I think uh, sort of off of what you said, like the character of Wilson. Uh, so I'm all fucked up because I'm doing this backwards too. Like I love Napoleon <laughs> Wilson's character, but his whole backstory, like he's this highly dangerous, needed to be shackled criminal. He never tells what his his whole thing is that he did. He never gets around to it. He seems very peaceful and level-headed, but but we're supposed to buy that he's like the most dangerous prisoner in the yeah. entire in the entire system. Right. And they don't tell anything with that. Just like the the characterization of the um, uh, shit. I forget the. The, the clerk, the woman Lee? who ended up becoming a badass. I forget her name, but Lee. she was, what is it? Lee. Lee, yeah. Yeah, Lee, right, right. But she was great, but it's like all of a sudden she just is like, oh, well, I dated cops, so I know how to kill people. It's like, oh, what? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like some of it is kind of just a, a quick, because uh, he didn't have the skill, I think, maybe to develop it the same way. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, well, let's just get to the goal faster. Well, that's what I chalk it up to. It's kind of, like mm-hmm. I said, it's one of his early movies, and he learned a lot from this film going into the next decade of his film career. It's it just like, that's how I looked at it, too. Like, I see a lot of the growth from the later films to uh, what this started as. You know what right. I mean? Like, I can't give him that much. I mean, I give him a lot of credit, but I can't put this on a pedestal because it's John Carpenter, because I see it like, and some of it was like a little bit drawn out, boring. Uh, the character's not as fleshed out, you know, with the, like I said, maybe 10 years later with Big Trouble. It was like, wow. But without this, he probably wouldn't have gotten, you know, uh, good at what he was doing later. So, sure, sure. But again, that's that's me. Um, but yeah. Right, right. Well, why don't we, before we move on to, to the, the likes of the movie, mm-hmm. uh, the only other thing that I had that I really wanted to point out was just the, the character of the grief-stricken dad was like, oh, he I was know. so inconsistent, and he was like the catalyst <laughs> for the whole thing. And, and I had forgotten at one point, um, like when they were all in like the shootout in the middle, and then they were like going to move down to the basement or whatever. Like yeah. Lee started walking, and I think maybe one of the prisoners started walking, and then the other prisoner and the sheriff, uh, like what, or the lieutenant, went over, and they and I was like, why aren't they walking out of the basement? And then they like went to go grab the dad, and I was like, oh yeah, he's still in this bed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm like, I get it that your daughter got killed, but it's like he can't even speak or move or, right, or like right. anything. Yeah. He's just completely. Catatonic, but before that, yeah. and and it just felt so inconsistent because he went from my daughter got killed, I got to hunt down these gang members yes, and exactly. shoot one of them, yeah. and then he goes to a payphone because he was gonna call someone, but then because they chased him, he suddenly became catatonic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like you were about to talk, now these, you can't talk. All of these gang the members, going you on? can now shoot. And now you're yeah. not going to take the opportunity. I, have, I have a theory I know. that I want to discuss in my life. Sure. So, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Cool. Stupid. I, I just kept calling him the, the nerd dad. <laughs> the nerd dad. Because <laughs> he was such a nerd. And then he would just he just sat there and did nothing and didn't help yeah. out. Yeah, I, I did. I it was all his fault him. that they came there. Yeah. Uh, daughter, all right, well, a future housewife got just gunned down in the street. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Right? That's one of my likes, but we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, if if you want to start out, Marco, with uh, yeah. any of your uh, your likes, characters, one, or whatever. Well, one thing that stood out for me watching this film was the setup of when the gang was surrounding the precinct and they were, how they did it with silencers. 
because then nobody can call the you know authorities of, of gunshots. No one would hear it to, right. to call for help. The fact that they cut the phone line, you know, that kind of the setup, and it was like very smart and, and methodical. I was like, I was sitting there going, man, that's awesome because there's no, they just have yeah. to. Uh, I think uh, uh, the lieutenant actually said it. We just have to ride this out. We have to survive till the morning when we know that there's backup coming, you know, because there's no way to get around this. And I thought that right. was very smart, um, kind of like that setup, you know, really thinking about if you're going to seed something, this is how you do it. You know, um, I did like the I actually did like the heads of the gang. I thought they were cool. I'd like the whole blood pact um, and the real ritual thing that to throw in the blood to the um the doorsteps like marking them like you're going down for what you did you know all cops or whatever it was it really wasn't yeah, yeah. said that if uh, this precinct was involved in the pre police brutality at the beginning of the film or what it was just kind of random don't forget the cholo they delivered it to us cholo you look like somebody spit in your socks no one said anything about the cholo all right, all right. What does it mean? What does it mean? It means they don't care. They're not afraid to die. Any of them. They want to rip us apart, no matter what it costs. It means to the death. How do you know so much about it? I spent some time in a cell with one of them crazy young bastards once. This can't happen. Not in the, in the middle of a city. Not today. Then let's pinch each other and wake up. It was the it was the cholo, the mark that they that yeah. symbolized them. And I was like, did they just call them cholos? That's fucking racist. And I was like, oh no, wait. They were saying that that's the that the mark was the cholo. I was like, okay, good. Yeah, and I also really like the gang's name, Thunder. Thunder. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. Go on to influence right. Big Trouble in Little China, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> We're the thunder. And they yeah. have a uh, what about what about you, Taylor? Any uh, any likes? Yeah, I got lots of likes nice. over here. Um, well, I think this is like where I feel like uh, not having seen all of these films previously was a little bit of a benefit to me um, mm -hmm. because I didn't have any nostalgia in the game, and I kind of right. came to them all like. I could like any of these films the most. And yes. I ended up really honestly liking this film the most of all of them. Um, wow. I nice. just, it, it's just kind of like how Big Trouble isn't my type of movie. This is my type of movie. Like I like, right. it has a very simple storyline and it spends a lot of time um, just kind of building the atmosphere. Um, I like the setup at the beginning where you have the dad driving with his kid, you have the convicts, who have to stop at the precinct, you have the lieutenant who's going over to the precinct and they're shutting it down, and then you have the gang. And you're like, okay, I know all of these people are gonna come together and like, mm -hmm. how are they going to do that? And I really right. think the setup, especially I loved the dad and the daughter just driving around because you knew it was ominous because you knew they were gonna have to be dragged into the situation somehow and you're like, in right. what right. that be? Um, and then of course, I mean- Bam, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's Literally this is the be most shocking way yeah. possible. It was, yeah. I, I did. Look, Audible. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah that's great. Because right. when you see like those those the gang members driving around in the car, you're like, oh, they're shooting people, and then you see the kid, and they're like, and you're like, nah, they're not. <laughs> yeah. Or and then they do, and they do it so quickly. I mean, they show you everything. Yeah. The blood. I mean, the blood spatter yeah. is fake looking, yeah. but it's just like, bam. Yeah. Yep. Like, yep. So like. I just really I enjoy, like, I really appreciate, I guess, like a solid setup like that. I think the mm -hmm. payoff 
is really good. Um, and I and I think the film is really tense and it holds that tension like throughout the film. And I mean, as for it being a John Carpenter film and as for like expecting that John Carpenter has like maybe a deeper thing to say, I mean, I don't want to talk for too long. So I feel like I'll hold off maybe that portion for like my second like. Um, sure, sure. But yeah, I'll say like my first big like is that I really love the setup of the film and I love how the storylines that you spend 20 minutes with in the beginning, like you spend a lot of time building it up and how they are weaved together, I think is really successful. So right. I really love that. Yeah. 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 I don't remember if it was, if it was me next or Curtis next. So you could go next. I think Curtis was next. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sure. Sure. I am blessed. Uh, I, well, that's, you set me up pretty well there because you're talking about like how atmospheric it is and everything. And I kind of want to talk just a little bit about the direction and how it builds like atmosphere a little bit. And mm -hmm. I want to use a quote that I found. So this, I was reading on, on Wikipedia about this film and cause I was like, you know, what did people think about this when it yeah. came out? It was poorly reviewed when it came out, but about sure. a year later, um, it released in Britain and it was highly, highly acclaimed in Britain. Like we're talking like nice. move, best movie of 1997 when it was mm. released in Britain kind of film. And then after that happened, of course, you know, the idiot critics in the United States were like, oh, this is a great film, you know, sure, wow, sure, great. Sure. Yeah, right. So it starts getting shown. Oops. Oh, we hear a lot of Sorry, cat there's sisters. a cat fight going on. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> we, um, Paul likes that, and it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, so this this film um, starts premiering at festivals in, um, in America. And, you know, again, you know, people are praising and stuff. And the Chicago okay. International Film Fest described it as a nightmarish poem which plays on our fears of irrational and uncontrolled violence. Mm -hmm. And that's a little, you know, highfalutin. That's not exactly what I was thinking. But when I read that quote, I was like, that is kind of like, I don't, I didn't know how to express how I felt while I was watching this film because it was sure. more than like what the story was telling me. It was more than, you know, the interactions between the characters and the actions in the movie it was like there's something like scary about this situation that is like oh, yeah, almost yeah. unexplainable and it's right. that like fear that you have that something that you can't imagine will happen to you and this is what the characters you know the the good guys in this film are experiencing and one thing that i think really kind of punctuates that really well in this film is the gang itself like mm. they don't talk they're ultra violent right. and one really cool thing i thought was like just like a great touch and something that would then play into Halloween, you know, a year mm -hmm. or two later is the way they move mm -hmm. is just like very stilted. And it reminded me so much of Michael Myers. Yeah. Like sure. I was like immediately thought that I when saw I saw them. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, as much problem as I have about the characterization of the gang, I mentioned earlier, I did, while I did not like, you know, the socio-political kind of, you know, things behind that. I love the gang itself and the way that yeah. they were presented as like this purely evil force. Uh, mm -hmm. Sure, yeah. Kind of like Michael Myers or, you know, The Thing or yeah, something. Right. And I thought, um, you know, I just love, you know, I love the, 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 the way that this movie like felt. You know, it's so grimy. It's like, it's almost like a border. I mean, I know this is technically not a horror film, but this is a borderline horror film. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. I think, you I know, mean, it's I, definitely scary. And in the home invasion-esque like type. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like a home invasion. So that's definitely the thing I came away with most from this film, you know, like nice. um, just, you know, he, this is something, this is, he does that, you know, the, as you know, his direction creates that 
that that sense of dread when you're watching this film. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, I for the sake of time, I will lump a couple of of my characters together that I really like because I feel like that was a, a lot of the strength is. They didn't develop the characters, but the way that they presented themselves during the movie was like, well, if you fill in the blanks of their backstory, then they're pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. So obviously we have Napoleon Wilson, who's the most dangerous prisoner that's going to death row, that's like the super nice guy, that all that he wants is a cigarette from right. people. <laughs> <laughs> Which becomes this like iconic thing. I love that it keeps coming back up over and over again, yeah, yeah, even yeah. Yeah. after the giant explosion. <laughs> and they, they come in and they're all just like covered in smoke. Which, by the way, that was something I wrote in my dislikes. Was like, really, you just hold up a metal sign and that protects you from an explosion? I don't think yeah. it. Yeah. I don't yeah. think it, it quite works that way. Yeah. But they come in. They're all just like burnt and smoking. It's like anybody got a smoke? Anybody got a smoke? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like his 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 intro line is perfect. Yep. Uh, but I loved him and Wells, the other guy from Death Row that came in. Uh, it just he had so many funny things that he brought up, like the um, the the part after the first shootout. When, well, not really shootout, but when they're just inside and they're just shooting the place up for like a minute and a half, and he's like, you know, they're trying to regroup and figure out what they're gonna do, and it's like, I got a plan called Plan Save Ass. It's like I run out that door, run as fast as I can, and save my own ass. That's right. In the meantime, I've got this plan. Now it's called Save Ass. Now, the way it works is this. I slip out of one of these windows, and I run like a bastard. But yeah, line. Wells had so many great lines, yeah. and and the, the personality of, of Napoleon Wilson was just like two of my favorite things in this movie. Mm. I love the game of potato that they played. I wasn't familiar yeah, oh with that God. game. <laughs> I know, it, it, it made no sense to me. Who goes? I gotta tell you, I don't know how to hotwire a car. I'm a cop. Between me and Snow White. Shit! 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 What's wrong? We haven't flipped a coin yet. I'm gonna lose. You got a bad attitude, Wells. I always lose. I had bad luck all my life. Now, how do you think I ended up in here? Maybe it'll change. It might. If we don't flip a coin. Let's do something else. What? Potatoes. I told you I'd lose. God damn it, we're gonna do it again. Hey, hey. There isn't time. He's like, one potato, two potato. They just like say all this stuff and he's like, damn it, I lost again. I'm like, what even happened? What? How did you lose? Yeah. What are the rules of this game that I've never heard of before? It was so funny. <laughs> the imaginary rules of potato. He's like, no, I don't want to do whatever. I'm going to lose every time. So, yeah, flip a coin. I'd rather play this, this game with no rules. <laughs> it was like that the attempt at, at shoehorning some humor in. He's like, well, I got to put something funny in here. Yeah. It was like the most inappropriate spot I thought. Like, too. I was like, I know. Uh, are you serious right now? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, uh, what about you, Marco? Um, well, I, I did the, this is like uh, additional likes, correct? Um, yes. The, like, I think you guys mentioned it already, that whole sardine can home invasion type theme of the of the movie see i yeah. i don't um nothing really stands out with me of his characters like you say with napoleon and stuff because i wasn't really in love with the characters like if someone died i was like okay so what like i wasn't i didn't care 
if anybody right. died in this film, even the main characters. But it's more or less the style and the theme of it. Like I said, with the gangs running around and how they set how they set shop up and how they did it, you know, how they did their uh, invasion here. And then plus the whole, like I said, it is like thinking about it now. It's like, yeah, you know what? This is a uh, a direct comparison to how Michael Myers was if he was a multiple gang. You know, this was like yeah. you know, slow. Uh, and how I was complaining about them just pouring into the doors and windows, just dying. Well, that's what Michael Myers would have done. He would yeah. just come in, well, they get shot, yeah. and you try to. Yeah, yeah. Well, he would like just continuously try to come in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and that whole mind, like that, that just uh, mind-numbing m- mindset is scary. So that mm-hmm. isolation sardine can moment, you put yourself in that situation mm-hmm. where there's no escape until the morning, but these guys are coming in. You know, ruthless. That's that's scary to me. Not no yeah. monsters yeah, yeah. really, but that is real horror. Um, so yeah, I mean, more or less. Especially, I like, uh, especially Bishop really plays up the being scared part. Like he's yes. the police officer that should be in charge. I feel like he's the one that seems the most scared out of all yeah. of them. I think because he's, he's like, like panicking. He knows know what, what it is. It's no sugarcoating yeah. it. It's like this. We're fucked. You know, it's a goddamn siege. <laughs> I've seen this before. Um, yeah. So I've seen this before. <laughs> Uh, all right. So what about you, Taylor? Any additional likes? Yeah. Um, well, what I wanted to talk about, I, I was looking up this this movie online, and um, mm-hmm. one thing I that kind of stood out to me that I was reading about it, because uh, I was really trying to make sense of the gang. Because you know, Marco, mm-hmm. I hear you when when you say like you're saying something like you know, like what is their point? Like what is what are they trying to do? What are they trying to accomplish? And um, other people. Um, have compared the gang uh, to zombies and have basically said that John Carpenter made a zombie film, like a non-horror zombie film. I can, see, fact, I can kind of see that, sure. Yeah, and, sure, in, and sure. in fact, George A. Romero was a really big fan of this mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, and you know, we've been talking a lot about how they're kind of just like a purely evil force, but I also feel like the reading of them kind of more as zombies like makes more sense of the like, why would they just keep coming mentality, right, right. you know? Um, and, you know, when I was saying earlier, like this seems to be a little bit of a social commentary light for John Carpenter, but it kind of, if you look at it through the lens of like possibly being a zombie film, um, mm-hmm. and also the lens of this being like the late seventies, you know, the seventies was a tumultuous era in, um, in American culture. It just, mm-hmm. it, to me, it's kind of the relentless pursuit of just dread, you know, like there's no point in the film in which you kind of feel like, It'll, it'll probably be okay because even at the end like when they survived and stuff they step over all the bodies in the yeah. hallway it's really ugly yeah. like you don't feel good like you feel like those people are probably just traumatized you know yeah. um right, right so yeah i mean i really that's kind of what really struck me about this film and that's why i thought it was like kind of the scariest of the three i would say even though they're yeah. not horror films but like i did see a lot of parallels between the gang um, aspect of this film and and Halloween and the last thing I say I guess I don't know maybe I'm the only person but I actually liked Lee's character a lot um, she felt yeah, like yeah. kind of the most realistic to me you know um, yeah no she she got I, shot and didn't even flinch I mean I get like <laughs> no. I, maybe it's weird it's like well how does she like how is she so good at shooting guns but I don't know people have all kinds of like hidden talents that's not like such oh a, yeah 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 she started like doing martial arts or something like that would have been <laughs> kind of weird but like you know she just knows how to yes. run and um i also really thought that she um and napoleon had, had like 
good chemistry and it wasn't like so played up as to be cheesy but i think it did kind of add a little bit more dimension to their characters and so yeah i was yeah, a, yeah. i personally was a fan of me so mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah and i wasn't i wasn't trying to speak ill of her character saying like you know that she suddenly knew how to do all this stuff it was more okay. on the fact that the characters felt a little bit underdeveloped yeah which uh, i did actually have her just being such a, a great independent force on her own as yeah. one of my likes as well so like the she don't uh, man type of thing. Yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> so, uh, what do you what do you have for additional likes, Curtis? I'll just quickly kind of go over just a few scenes that I really liked. Um, first, sure. I already mentioned the potato scene. I just like <laughs> cracked up at that because it was so inappropriate <laughs> where it was placed. I know. It, like such it obvious awesome. like, comedic, you know, uh, comedy comedic relief, and I just I don't know, it just cracked me up. But um, I loved the blood pack scene because I've never seen uh, such an intense cut for a blood pack. It looked like they were cutting their whole yeah. like forearm. Right. And, I know, uh, he had to slap up know, some wrists and there were some veins in his yeah. wrist. Yeah, I was like, oh, buddy, you don't, yeah. you don't need, we don't need to fill a whole bowl full of <laughs> blood. Come on. I know, what is but, this? But uh, that, that cracked me up a whole lot. But um, And finally, uh, we already talked about it, but the girl being uh, shot is just outrageous. Right. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, I just like screamed when I saw that. You know, I was yeah, like, right? what? Are you yeah. kidding me? Like, that's hilarious. But also like, you know, <laughs> kind of just like, you know, this movie, we're, this is like, like the alley scene, it's the alley scene in Big Trouble in Little China. You're like, oh, this is this is what this movie is, yeah. you know? Yes. So yeah, yeah. I uh, I absolutely love that scene because you, that's if you did that in 2019, that'd be controversial, you know, killing oh, yeah. a kid. I mean, mm -hmm. right. So, um, you know, those are just a few scenes I really like from the film. Just wanted to point out. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's cool. what she gets for complaining about bad customer service. <laughs> just right? yeah, she would have just yeah, ate her vanilla ice cream. Ice cream. Yeah. She's like, hey, yeah. I wanted yeah. a vanilla swirl. <laughs> Although, like. Having this is plain vanilla, vanilla, damn it. <laughs> oh, poor kid. <laughs> she right. just wanted her, her swirl. I know. Said she all got right. shot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, so my, my final things. <laughs> right? Or rest and piss, I guess. Depends on whether you like the character or not. <laughs> she was all right. I didn't hate her, so she doesn't have to rest and piss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rare for a little girl character yeah. too, that you wouldn't hate her so i know she wasn't in the movie long enough to annoy me yeah um yeah, absolutely <laughs> i'll stop talking bad about kids again uh, <laughs> comes why, up a lot on the show stop? <laughs> yeah uh one of one of my favorite things with this movie is the music yes uh, that's that's the one thing i feel like is uh, is unfortunately overlooked with this mu movie is it's not mentioned in the same breath as stuff like Halloween the, the the synth music is such a driving force of this movie and it sets the tone I mean there's that constant undercurrent of either the beat or the, the drum riff going on or mm -hmm. and it just has those couple of main things that it plays but every time it kicks mm -hmm. in you're like yeah here we go alright it's like I, just, the, I, I would yeah. say besides <laughs> Halloween this is like my second favorite music that he did in a movie mm. Yeah, I was I was thinking and, about that too. Yeah. Yeah, that maybe Christine. Oh, Christine is yeah. great fucking music. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's not like it's overly complicated. It's just that it fits so perfectly. You know, it yeah. has that that like urban street vibe to it, but also mm -hmm. feels ominous and kind of like dangerous and what's gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing which I mentioned with the other one, I said I would mention with all of them is the diversity in this movie. Even maybe to a fault where 
they're like, oh, it's this multiracial youth gang. That's kind of weird. <laughs> right. And it's like, Full well, yeah. 35 year olds. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. To where maybe it feels like he was trying too hard to do that and he hadn't quite perfected the craft, but still, even for just the fact that the, the main lieutenant is a black guy mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. He comes in and nobody makes a big deal of it. Like, he's the only one that mentions it. We're almost expecting it, right? That right, the, This day and age of this film, I was expecting the the, the dude that he was taking his place to kind of be that that guy, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and he was the only one that, that brought up anything when she was like, oh, do you want your coffee? When he was getting him coffee, and then she's like, black, and he was like, yeah, I have been for over 30 years, and she just kind of looked at him and eye rolled. Yeah, like, like, he's like, yeah, we get it. Yeah. Right. But I, I just love the fact that, again, all the way back to early in his career, he made this movie where everyone just existed and it wasn't like, oh, they're they're trying to get us because, mm-hmm. you know, we're white and they're a different race than us or something. It was just people trying to help people and people trying to kill people. Yeah. Uh, and it's 1976, too. You know, like, yeah. it's yeah, not yeah. like this was at all the norm by then. You know, we all yeah. were no, just talking no. about horror noir. So, I mean, you know. It's just a very, yeah. uh, he, he gave a shit about stuff like this, which right. is very yeah. rare for that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was definitely intentional. And like I said, maybe it was a little too overt at this point because he hadn't quite refined his skill as, mm-hmm. a, as a movie maker, I feel like. But mm-hmm. even overtly trying to do the right thing is better than not trying at all. So. Right. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, he gave uh, a shit. All right. Yeah. Well, how about a final thoughts and ratings? And we'll go in the same order. We'll start with you, Marco. Sure. Um, I... Uh, I, I want to watch this, and I do want to watch the remake because that's odd for me to say because I really don't, you know, care for remakes. But again, I'm getting better. Just because I want to see what a modern take on this film would, would look like. But we were right. kind of exploring that during our break, and I was like, yeah, nah, I don't think so. So, um, <laughs> but I still want to check it out to see what this film could have done. And uh, going off on the zombie aspect, really, really, really intrigues me to go take a second look at this film and and see it through that eye because again the, i think the best character was the gang itself like as a whole right um yeah so uh, you know i i like this film i like it i'm not in the love yet because again i, I this is a new film for me you know in the right. john carpenter repertoire I, it, I have not i knew about it i just didn't watch it it just, just kind of slipped through because again it's not a genre of a movie that i really kind of gravitate to so um I will say that I like it with the expectations of going back and viewing it again with the monster eye this time. Mm-hmm. Cool. Right. Uh, what about you, Taylor? I'm in the love category. I think this was my favorite of the three that we watched um, for this episode. I don't think it would be my favorite John Carpenter movie, period. Um, but right, right. Again, right. Like, this is like, this is a right up my alley type of film, um, except for like the cop convict um, dynamic, right. but um, kind of <laughs> mm-hmm. just this the really steady buildup um, and the tension that's held throughout the film is something that I'm personally really drawn to and something that I really like. Um, and the thing that's always intrigued me and, you know, literally millions of other people, I'm sure, about Halloween is kind of just the unstoppable evil yeah. of Michael Myers. And that, that's right. so intriguing for some reason. And I feel that same way. Um, about the gang in this film and I I think it's one of those films that like you would watch over and over again and kind of get different readings from I sure. think it's maybe yeah. than it initially appears so I'm also excited to rewatch it so nice yeah 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 I'm I'm kind of in the same 
area. So I actually, I watched this film uh, earlier this week on Monday. Uh, we're recording this on Friday. And I've prob mm -hmm. probably vast back and forth between, you know, my feelings about this film on multiple occasions because, you know, I think intellectually I like it more than I actually liked it when I was sitting down to watch it, which makes mm -hmm. me want to watch it again. Because right, when right. I thought about this film, I was yeah, like, right. wait, this, this is really fucking cool. But when I sat down and watched it, I was like, okay, this is good. So I think where I fall down is kind of, I like this film. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, like yeah. you said, Marco, I want to sit down and watch this film again with all of like the, the shit that I've come up in my head. Yeah, it's that. exciting oh, yeah, yeah. now. It really is. Like, yeah, yeah. I remember feeling kind yeah. of the same way too the first time I saw it. Cool, cool. Yeah, like, oh yeah, that was that was cool. But yeah, then, then you think about it afterwards, it, it like plants a, a, a brain ninja. Right, yeah, and that exactly. could just be the brilliance of John Carpenter, honestly. Yeah, so. Right. Yeah. Um, so brain ninja'd um, me. <laughs> thankfully, I own this film now, uh, so I, I purchased it so I could cool. watch it. Actually, really? purchased all. Nice. I live near a video store oh, now, right. so I'm I'm very lucky. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, Sweet. I live near a great video store, so I'm definitely going to watch this film again in the coming weeks. Yeah. Cool. Nice. Yeah, I it was on Shudder forever, and mm -hmm. then it's not on Shudder now, but I found it was on 2B TV, so I watched it with a few commercials. Yeah, that's what I did oh. as well. Oh, nice. And the commercials came in, like, in the middle of a sentence. It was really weird. <laughs> like... Yeah, they're they're not very timed. descriptive about when they cut them in. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, just, yeah it's timed in. But uh, I, I, I would say that I love this movie... I've seen it like three or four times now, and it's not not a nostalgic thing. I had just first seen this a few years back. I don't love it as much as Big Trouble or some of the other things. And I think the only thing that I love like these siege narrative type movies and stuff. I think the only thing is just that when you're comparing it to other things that are more fun and more outrageous and more kind of uh, otherworldly or, or these bombastic type things that are in some of his movies, then it's hard to say that this much more simpler ground level type of thing is the best one. But then you go, well, but I think Halloween is probably the best one. So I don't right. yeah. know, like that's pretty ground level too. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, I think this one is right up there with all of them that it's something that I would say I love, but it's at the lower end of loving. It's like the, mm -hmm. it's like the the kid that you don't love as much as the other one, like the kid that kind of fucks up a lot. Yeah. Like, All right. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the favorite. You just. <laughs> I was not the favorite, so I can sympathize. I was the outcast. Ah, <laughs> uh, cool. All right. Well, it sounds like everyone at least enjoyed this. Oh yeah. Which is cool. Absolutely. And. Absolutely. And uh, it's. It, it's nice because I do think that it is sort of forgotten, like we had said, and it's not mentioned in as many things. So I, I think that it's cool to give people more exposure to it. Yeah, I feel like both uh, Assault on Precinct 13 and The Fog, because they came before and after Halloween, are both so overlooked. And I've, it, right. it, I feel the same way about Christine because it came right after The Thing. And also because yes. John Carpenter hates Christine. Well, yes, but... <laughs> I mean, Christine no, I Christina's mean, incredible. I feel safe yeah. in saying, John Carpenter, you're wrong. Christina's an amazing <laughs> yeah. yeah. Please don't block us on Twitter. Don't block <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> but um, like, I think blocked. That has, that's part to do with it, though. I mean, you know, I feel like, unfortunately, that might also happen to us coming right after Get Out. Oh, you know, you yeah. think about, like, right. that happens to a lot right. of films, yeah. and it's just an overlooked oh, yeah, yeah, classic, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's just really too bad. Hmm. Now the next time you log into Twitter, you're gonna have a direct message from John Carpenter. That's just the, the gif. It's gonna be the gif of Dikembe Mutombo doing the finger wave, yeah. and then you just got blocked. Yeah. Oh man, that's like my nightmare. Like yes, and damn it. 
Alright, well, we are going to take a quick break here and regroup and come back to talk about They Live. It would be a privilege if you'd walk outside with me. I know I would. <laughs> You're pretty fancy, Wilson. I have moments. talk about our next movie which is they live a possibly 
horror or maybe not horror movie that we've discussed already. Yeah. Depends on who you talk to, I think. Uh, and when you talk to them, apparently. And when. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, t- technically, on IMDb, it is listed as action horror sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Horror movies are never listed uh, as horror, though. That's a big yeah. Movie. Right. Yeah. But uh, either way, it was a good opportunity to get a chance to talk about this movie and to make fun of myself. So. <laughs> um, and I know we had talked about some of the other movies, and it's like I know um, Escape from New York came up, but I I just thought it was too. It was kind of like the not funny version of of Big Trouble, Big Trouble yeah, in Little yeah. China, basically. So yeah, yeah, pretty much. I wanted to get things that were very different from each other. So I think that this one fit better with the yeah the triple billing. Well, then you have to talk about Escape from L.A. and then who wants to do that? Yeah, please don't make me do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so this is from 1988. Our IMDb synopsis says. A drifter discovers a pair of sunglasses that allow him to wake up to the fact that aliens have taken over the Earth. Mm. IMDb is three for three, three today. For three, yeah. Good, job. Right. Yeah. Good job. Starring the late great Roddy Piper and truly resting power. For truly resting power. Yeah, he's yes. great man. And John Carpenter, regular Keith David. Yes. Mm-hmm. And an awesome role in this movie. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this one I, I had mentioned a little bit before that I got to see this in the theater for the first time, and. It was something like, you know, I knew the references and stuff. And so it came up on this thing and I said, oh, this is cool. I'm going to start going to these things and went to see it. And I was just, I was so blown away by how awesome the movie was. It was this great balance of serious social commentary and comedy and and like dry humor and slapstick humor and, and all this stuff kind of mixing together that I was just completely in love with it and ended up having it quickly make its way into the list like shortly after that time was when we started the show and mm-hmm. it was like oh i need to put this on there and plus i was we were kind of trying to make our list not just be all of the contemporary picks that you normally would see on a top 10 like there's always going to be those right. halloween texas chainsaw massacre nightmare on elm street type movies but yes we always want to try and have these these out of left field picks that yeah. we put in there too so sure uh, so why don't we start correctly with likes this time? <laughs> and do you uh, do you uh, feel up to going first on this one, Taylor? Yes. Okay. Now that we're warmed up a little bit. Yes. Um. <laughs> so obvious, like I, the most obvious like for me for this film is its message. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, especially coming at 1988. That's the end of the Reagan era. That's the end of kind yes. of trickle down economics, which which conceptually places rich people at the at the head of kind of mm-hmm. a moral hi- hierarchy um, and obviously a financial hierarchy um, and sure. this and this film is you know it's heavy-handed on on one hand obviously because it's literally saying everyone who is successful and and powerful and rich is a actual alien and right. they are taking advantage of the rest of us so right. you know that's obviously a, a heavy-handed uh, message but what I think it does subtly is say, you know, the heroes of the film are the poor people, you know? Right. And I think right. that's, and I think that that's, that reasserts something that the United States like always wants to believe about itself, which is that you can, you can like pull yourself up from your bootstraps and like anybody can make it in the United States, you know? And it reasserts mm-hmm. like that message and the moral superiority of like the everyday man while mm-hmm. still critiquing um, you know, kind of the social and economic conditions of the 80s. And and as you said, Paul, like at the same time, like has a lot of really funny, like warm mm-hmm. bits in it. And to me, like this feels like such an American film. Like yes. it's like, mm-hmm. 
you know, it's about American society, but it's also like about American people. It's about shitty American people and it's about like wonderful American people. And, you know, I know like in pop culture, especially like, and in like foreign markets, like the United States, like has kind of a bad rap, but like, I like this film too, because like as an American watching an American film, it's like, it highlights the fact that there are like hard workers out there trying to make it that are just getting screwed by a system, but, and they're like, yeah. they're good people. And like, it's a film about how they are good people. And I, like, I love that message about it because um, even though it's like kind of a really like kind of overwhelming concept, it to me still feels kind of hope hopeful, you know, like it's, I, like, sure, sure. you know, cause it's about good people. And I, I know you're talking about your likes right now, but it just made, it reminded me of a, a line in the film when Roddy Piper, uh, and I guess he really doesn't have a name in this film. He's like, he's referred Nada. to as Nada. Yeah, but yeah. which yeah. means like, you know, nothing, nothing basically, nothing, you right. know. But I love that scene in the film where he's standing in this literal shanty town and he's looking at the cityscape and he says, I believe in America. I got a wife and two kids back in Detroit. I haven't seen him in six months. Steel mills were laying people off left and right. They finally went under. We gave the steel companies a break when they needed it. Know what they gave themselves? Raises. The golden rule. He who has the gold makes the rule. They close one more factory, we should take a sledge to one of their fancy fucking foreign cars. You know, you ought to have a little more patience with life. Yeah, well, I'm all out. The whole deal is like some kind of crazy game. They put you at the starting line. And the name of the game is Make It Through Life. Only everyone's out for themselves and looking to do you in at the same time. Okay, man, here we are. Here we are. Now, you do what you can. But remember, I'm going to do my best to blow your ass away. So how are you going to make it? I deliver a hard day's work for my money. I just want the chance. It'll come. I believe in America. I follow the rules. Everybody's got their own hard times these days. It just exemplifies yeah, yeah. kind of like, you know, the sadness of being kind of an everyday person in America and kind of like the just the disconnect there but it also like it it also exemplifies genuine feelings that a lot of people have like they believe in themselves mm. they believe that but the like the film is also saying like you know it, are you really able to kind of do this for yourself well, or is it an illusion yeah. you know and i just mm -hmm. it right, was just right. like i i love this film overall but i just love what you're saying about that and like the way the characters view themselves in the context of the rest oh, of yeah, society yeah. right too. and that's like that was like kind of going off of that point like the american dream is like a lie like i think we can all accept that like the way that our social and economic structure is set up is such that there are some people who are truly are never going to make it but right. that doesn't mean that like the idea and the imagery of the american dream isn't a positive force for people and i think that's like what roddy um i think that's like what he represents in this film like he represents yeah. the good that believing in the american dream can like lead you to do because because he believes in the united states because he believes like this is his country right. and, like he deserves to succeed he puts his neck out to try to defeat these aliens to mm -hmm. make it like a, a better world for other people yeah. you know so yeah anyway i mean 
I kind of feel like I got to the heart of the. I mean, I feel like I maybe stole like the biggest like, but yeah, yeah. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah, I got plenty. No, no, you're good. I got plenty of things. Uh, what about you, Curtis? So, what, what's uh, well, a particular like of this movie? I mean, there's a lot. Uh, first off, I fucking love this movie. I uh, I've watched it many times. I watched it again last night in a mm-hmm. very uh, sad hotel room in Pensacola, <laughs> Florida. Um, but uh, I th- I'll, I'll talk about the other social because I I think there's kind of two. It's just a, such a brilliant film. There's two aspects of this film. There's that aspect of it where we're talking about these are workers in America and there's this is their story. But there's also like. This film was made in 1988, and it kind of perfectly describes what we are living through now. Yes. Like, yeah. our, exactly. lives, our lives more so than ever are dominated by advertisement mm-hmm. and pop culture. And look, I love watching. We, we're talking about the Housewives, right? right, right. I, love, I love watching the Housewives. I love, you know, I participate in, you know, in, you know, our mainstream society in a lot of different ways. But, you know, like, the, the way that we are, like, sold things in society nowadays and the way that we are manipulated into buying things into liking things it's become more toxic than ever and you know it it was started in the 80s during the reagan era and you know especially after the fall of the soviet union and you know kind of uh Mm -hmm. american hegemony globalization things like that and more and more and more every single year we're more, you know, now there's like I watched that Fire Festival documentary. There's face, there's Instagram influencers. There's everybody everywhere is trying to sell us something. And mm-hmm. right, more mm-hmm. and more and more, I feel every single year this movie is becoming more and more relevant. You know, yes. and you know you can look at an advertisement out on the street and almost just see obey, follow, yeah. you know, yeah. follow yeah. authority, things like that. Yeah, marry and reproduce. Right? Yeah, it's so just soon. right. I mean, you know, it is a heavy-handed uh, point that he's making. I mean, it's there's no secret what he's trying to say here but it's so relevant Mm -hmm. in our society uh and you know it's depressing on one hand (laughs) but also like you said what the characters go through in this film it kind of like has a little bit of a hopeful message i mean you know characters die by the end of the film and you know bad things do happen to them but it is kind of a hopeful message that you know you can do something about it if you you know organized like the quote-unquote terrorists in this film did um but you know i just i just feel like and they're actually you know um i was thinking about this the other day there are like you know kind of t-shirts that say obey now and stuff this kind of even this film has been commodified to a certain extent but i you know i think this film is it just gets more relevant by the week by the month by the year so um and i just way ahead of its time absolutely it's just it's just crazy i mean you know um so I think there are just, you know, along with what you discussed about, you know, about what the characters go through, I just think, you know, uh, it's, this film is just way ahead of its time. And, you know, personally, my favorite scene in the film is when he first gets the glasses and just a shock yeah. of what he's yeah. seeing. He's like, oh, yeah. And <laughs> I also love how quickly he goes from, oh, my fucking God, what are these things to like putting on like a, getting a shotgun and yeah. shooting people? I love that <laughs> part of it, too. Yeah, but um, yeah, just, you know. I love that aspect of this film because I feel like we're living it right now yeah. more so than sure. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, my one of my favorite things about this is the the comedy of the movie, but more specifically, just the comedy that 
we get from from Piper's line delivery on so many things. Um, the the scene you mentioned of when he first gets the glasses and he's having this revelation and he goes into the grocery store and the lady bumps into him and it's that whole exchange with her. You know, this lady, she looks fine. This one, real fucking ugly. It's like, it's just, that. it's so perfect. Our ideal Ugh. of vision. Excuse me. Just survive. You know, you look like your head fell on the cheese dip back in 1957. You, you're okay. This one, real fucking ugly. You see, I take these glasses off, she looks like a regular person, doesn't she, huh? Put them back on, formaldehyde face, that's what that's we got. That's enough out of you. You get out or I call the cops. Call the cops? You know what you need? You need a Brazilian plastic sword. <laughs> got one that can see and, and the way that he delivers the lines i mean you have the, the classic uh you know i came here to chew bubble gum and kick ass which was like a line he was going to use in wrestling and then yeah. carpenter told him to just freestyle and he just used it right i have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass and i'm all out of bubble gum. Near the entrance, has a shotgun. White male, 30s, long hair. Mama don't like tattletales. Wearing sunglasses. Uh, he just has so many of these little one-liners that are just so kind of silly or ridiculous and don't make sense. Right. The one, I, I wrote down another one that was great that he says, life's a bitch and she's back in heat. <laughs> what the fuck does that even mean? But it's so awesome. <laughs> I know. Brother, life's a bitch. She's back in heat. It's oh, very quotable. Uh, Another but, quotable movie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but his character, he he says very little and like just says so much at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I just love the and I know he's done a few other movies. I've never seen anything else that he was in, but I just love him in this movie so much. Check out Body Slam. That's great. Oh nice. <laughs> well, I I did see him in, in Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He had some cameos. Oh, okay. but, cool. In what Wait, when? Uh, in the later seasons, he was in it a couple times. Oh, okay. That's hilarious. So, That's great. Yeah. I'll check that yeah. out. Okay. Uh, what about you, Marco? Man, um, your guys' take on the social commentary thing is like spot on perfect. Uh, the only thing I, I I don't even know if I can add to that aspect. All I can do is just try to um, say the the fun parts of the movie. Like this is fun because like what Paul was saying, it's quotable. It's there's some things that you makes you smile even know what these characters are going through. Um, Piper's deliverance in this movie or his performance is it made him like me respect him so much not just a wrestler but like an actor the guy yeah. can act he can do it with no cameras there it's like let's talk about the fight scene real fast you know everybody <laughs> references the six minute fight scene um, yeah right him, he did, but yeah you know all he wanted to do is put on his glass. he made a friend in him he trusted him and and it tells you how lonely he was how Piper's character was in the in the film and that he yeah. wanted to share that like dude we we're not alone this is something bigger we're we're rote we're like you know ants in this bigger uh, idea of you know society and um 
there was a few things watching this again for the podcast, which is like I appreciated so much Piper's delivery when he he busted Keith David's car with the uh, two by four. Yeah, right. He's like, oh shit! Oh then, shit! Sorry, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was like, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. It's like, just, I mean. I don't think you can write that. I really don't think that oh, was no. I think that was like a real reaction. Um, just kind of playing off each other that it just made me laugh and forget about like the bigger picture a little bit until it got serious at the end, you know, where again, he oh, like, yeah, sacrificed yeah. himself for America and all that, that, mm-hmm. you know, who raw stuff. Um, but <laughs> God damn this movie. Um, look at, I, I love the, the, the aliens themselves too. The looks of them too. Yes. We're real. Yeah. Cool. Especially at the end of the reveal, like yeah, the, yeah, when you get to see them in color. I, the, mm-hmm. uh, okay. So just real fast. Um, I watched this when I was a kid, but it's funny cause back in the day we used to theater hop, you know, you play, you go in there at nine o'clock in the morning. Uh, first the showings at like 11 and I used to stay there all day. Like I used to go in there, walk out of one, go into another. You can't do that today. But when they live was out, it was funny because like, I mean, this is weekend after weekend. I would walk in at the reveal scene almost like not uh, on purpose, but it was all, it was always at the sex scene when the guy's having sex with the woman. And she, <laughs> yeah. What's wrong? And, yeah, what's wrong? <laughs> and, and it was funny how we just like me and my friend, like what we just talk about that all the time it was like perfect timing every time. You know, um, but the reveal scene is like perfect. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's social commentary. I don't know if I can add any more. What you guys said it was like spot on perfect. Right. Uh, back to you, Taylor. Any any second go around of of likes of the movie? Yeah, I mean, because um, Curtis had talked about how his favorite scene is um, when he first puts on the glasses and then we talked about the fight scene, which is obviously like his friend not wanting to put on the glasses. Incredible. Like, but, but that being said, you know, there's a lot of, to me, there's a lot of question of like, will you, or will you not put on the glasses? Like kind of like in the matrix, like, will you take the red pill or will you take the blue pill? Cause there is a certain comfort in just not knowing. And I think this film is smart and like explain I think this smart. This film is smart in like being sympathetic to characters who just don't want to know because it's like your life is shitty enough. You know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like your life is shitty enough without like knowing for a fact that like aliens are controlling your like. I mean, to me, like I really feel like if that were my reality, that would just be too overwhelming. Like I honestly don't know if I would want to know. You know. And so um, I. Right. I think that he shows that in like several um, different scenes. Um, and then the other thing I just wanted to comment on, you know, at the end, there's the uh, quote unquote terrorist group, you know, there's, um, you know, the group of people who are trying right. to convey the the reality to other people. And just like, I thought that was like, kind of also like a smart view on um, organizing, you know, for social causes, like uh, Chris and I have like a lot of friends who are organizers and it's, it's right. honestly like such an uphill battle. Like mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. getting people together. It's getting people involved. It's getting people invested. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, you might as yeah. well be trying to convince people that yes, aliens are real. Exactly. Well, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. Like when the cops come in and like shoot everybody up, it's like, oh, got to start from square one. But that's yeah. like that. Yeah. That right. Is, you know. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, I thought that that was kind of like it was a small scene, but that was a scene that I really enjoyed because you think like, oh, oh yeah. there's some resistance. People are going to figure it out. Blah blah blah. And then it like all goes to shit. And there's like two pairs of glasses and you're like oh okay well you know yeah, yeah. yeah and you know? It, it was ruthless too when they shot those people up it was right. just yeah 
they're like, what's that noise? And then all of a sudden, most of the people are dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That you had come to know, except for the, the few that escaped. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's again, it's that secret war going on underneath everybody's noses, just like in Big Trouble, right? Like, this yep. whole thing is going mm -hmm. on that can possibly change the world and all that stuff. And just yeah. everybody just going along their business. Meantime, uh, people are getting blown up in the streets. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or beneath them, you know. Uh, let's see. So, Curtis, what, uh, what else do you have for... Any, any second go of likes? So I'll kind of do what I did during the assault uh, review here and just kind of point out a few scenes that I really liked. Um, first, uh, Roddy Piper, about five minutes into the film, he's, he's got his shirt off. Uh, I just thought <laughs> that was I great. also have that in my likes. <laughs> classic. What does that say about me? <laughs> he looks great, but also yeah. like classic wrestler move. I just, yeah. you know, love that. Um, yeah, he's got the hair. Yeah. Oh, yeah, his he's hair got is the great. muscles. You finally seen him without a... He's got the mom jeans. Not wearing... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the tight mom jeans. But him not wearing a kilt, he looks pretty good. Yeah. You know what I mean? He looks good. Yeah. But, um, so the the fight scene, I just want to talk a little bit about that. I thought... Yeah. So, you know, there, there are varying opinions on whether or not we need a six-minute fight scene in this film, right? Okay. But um, I am a wrestling fan, and as a wrestling fan, I really appreciated it because a lot of wrestlers from the 80s, and uh, Macho Man Randy Savage is actually like the example of this, but Roddy Piper as well, um, they would, they, they, a lot of times wrestling is like improvised, but um, some of the old school wrestlers would actually plan out their matches. And again, Ma uh, right, Randy right. Savage was like famous for this, but Roddy Piper as well would do this plan out their matches like move by move and plan it beforehand and i think right what it sounds like what happened taylor informed me that um you know john carpenter originally wanted like a 30 second fight scene but the actors were like well, we planned this thing out you know like <laughs> we worked on this thing and i just totally respect that there's a few body slams there's a power bomb in there i yes, think yes yes, yes. Um, and so i really respect that john carpenter allowed them to kind of yeah. you know have this wrestling match essentially in the middle of the film and of course it's hilarious he's trying to get him to put literal sunglasses on <laughs> it's so funny yeah i know but um the final scene i just kind of want to point out is the um killing of the terror scene after that um roddy piper and uh frank his his friend in the film are in this underground bunker that they've gone into and two of the soldiers are like celebrating like oh we got him we killed the right. terrorist and there's another scene that is like almost more relevant today than it ever has been you know we, what are these oh yeah these yeah. two rubes know about like what's been going on you know like we it's sure sure like, you know what we do today like oh we killed the bad guys hooray but we don't you know it's just such a surface level like thing you know just a, a mindless celebration and i just thought that was like you know really cool little touch you know there's just I, that's that's kind of why like i love pointing out like little individual scenes in his films because he just has these little touches that see oh, yeah, yeah. things but are just like you know he's thinking about something bigger when he puts in stuff like that and i just yeah, love right, that because it's right, like right. these guys are you know they don't they're just celebrating you know mindlessly and that's kind of what <laughs> yeah. we do today so you know yes cool uh let's see i will also point out the the music's not as good in this one but i love that kind of dusty western type of feel that it almost has with yeah. the music through a lot of it where it just kind of has those those same slow 
riffs that keep popping back up over and over again. And I was watching it with my kid, and every time the one riff kicks in, he's like, oh, you know, something's about to happen because the yeah. music came up again. <laughs> <you know? laughs> um, and, of course, uh, like I said, I would, with every movie, pointing out the diversity in this one, another one where it just kind of goes unnoticed where you have the homeless camp people that are all just kind of coexisting and the people on the street and mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. Piper and, and Keith David just coexisting as, as pals. And it's, it's another one where there's a lot of diversity and it's not pointed out at all by anyone. They're never like, like even the bad guys don't even point it out. Right. Which I think is awesome. So uh, what about you, Marco? Yeah. Um, besides the one liners, which are like just classic is great. The, yes. en- the ending is to me, I love these kind of endings where not everybody survives, but they right. do something heroic, you know, and let everybody know. And like the big reveal and, and this whole movie is about the big reveal because it, you know, a lot of people like speculate and you can headcanon this kind of like the aftermath of they live. What happened to society after did everybody just get up and revolt? But those questions being asked make me right. just love these type of endings where it cuts and it ends that way, mm-hmm. you know, where it's a little bit more like, yeah, there's a lot more story to it. We're not going to show you that. We're just going to show you that little, you know, point in time where the transition happened. So right. one of my favorite things about this movie is the ending. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is strong. Yeah. Except for that he had to shoot the satellite with the world's smallest handgun ever. <laughs> I'm like, would that thing even damage the satellite? That is under the that satellite. Is the smallest. Yeah, they do more to protect that satellite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. Let's take a rocket He shot that thing with a, with, yeah, he shot it with like a fucking pea shooter. Yeah, he did. <laughs> He just he gave it one of those like like back elbows and the thing just fell off the edge of the <laughs> See, building. That would probably right. be more powerful right. than that gun. Yeah. You know, back elbow yeah, right. Roddy Piper. Yeah. But yeah. no, it is I love that that it's obviously he gets shot in the process of taking it out. He he literally just says fuck it and then yep. just shoots the thing because he yeah. knows he's gonna die anyways. Yep. Yeah. Such a badass. Yeah. Oh I know. Uh cool. Well if we I I don't have any like major dislikes, it's more just like kind of little minor nitpick mm-hmm. things. But we can go around. I don't know if you guys had any, any serious That's dislikes or just kind of like small things. I have a dislike. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Uh, not not a fan. I don't like the fight scene. It's <sighs> like because like uh. I get I get <laughs> I get Curtis That's is fine. a very big wrestling fan. And to be fair, I like I like wrestling too. But this isn't sure. a wrestling movie. Like The Rock isn't <laughs> sure music, sure. Which yeah. He doesn't wrestle. Like you well, know he's a huge movie star. But well, yeah. even when he was not does... a huge movie star, listen, I'm not going to start talking about The Rock. That'll be an hour long conversation. Um, but like it does it does feel out of place. It, I yeah, agree. Exactly. It, to uh-huh. me, it feels a little out of place. Like it feels like. You have a wrestler in your movie, so you have to have a wrestling scene. That's what right. it feels you like. Have to have him suplexing some people. I, yeah, I don't think it adds a lot. <laughs> I like the put on the glasses, no, put on the glasses, no. I like that dynamic. And there were right. several part points at which I was like, okay, this scene's gonna end. Okay, this scene's gonna end. And <laughs> it just like you know, it, and it and another thing <laughs> like to go a little deeper on it that bothers it about bothers me about it is like it's just like unneeded like kind of overt masculinity it feels a little misplaced in this movie that's about kind of subverting social norms where all of a sudden you have like these two macho guys like refusing to back down to each other punches like champs (laughs) there's some like what there's some punches in there that would maybe kill me yeah (laughs) Yeah. oh no definitely i was watching it with my boyfriend and i turned to him i was like almost crying with frustration i'm like why wouldn't he just put on the glasses (laughs) just put them on yeah yeah i mean i but like at the same time like i don't personally like it but i do see why people like it because it's like Mm -hmm. you're watching wrestling and wrestling is fun 
know. Yeah, that was that was not the fight scene, but one thing that I had was like, why didn't he just put on the glasses? Like at a certain point, yeah. just be like, fine, we'll. Right. Will you stop coming back exactly. for more if I just fucking do this, you asshole? Yeah, exactly. Like, um, sorry, I don't want to take another direct punch to the face. I'll put the glasses on. Yeah. Well, and I, I think one of the funniest things of the whole fight comes from it being too long <laughs> to where it gets to the very end and Keith David kind of just gets up and he walks away and he's standing there and Piper just slowly lumbers over to him all beat up. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, he's going to like put his hand on his shoulder and be like, so you're ready to see now or whatever. Uh -huh. And he just comes over and just like picks his head up and just starts punching him again. <laughs> and it's like, it was one of those moments where uh -huh. it's gone on so long that it became not funny and then became funny again because uh, yeah. it started up again. That's true. Right. Towards the end, I was like, okay, I guess this is like, okay, that's good again. Yeah. 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 I don't know. But that's just me personal. But no, I totally get that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what about you, Curtis? Um, I so I kind of struggled to kind of pick dislikes of this film. But if I have to like pick something, it's more on repeat viewings. You know, I've seen this film probably a dozen times. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and on repeat viewings, the beginning is a little like slow mm -hmm. to kind of get to like where you want to get to. Um, I just right. you know again I just noticed this watching this last night I'm like uh yeah you know this is interesting it's cool like you know it wasn't like, I wouldn't even say I was bored or anything but you know like the meat of the film is when he finally gets the glass oh actually you know he gets the glasses gets pushed out of the building the all meat, that stuff the meat of the film is when he first takes his shirt yeah and well that's that that's, <laughs> that's, well, that's more like the beef of the film <laughs> <laughs> beef of the but um. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm I'm like struggling to pick stuff here. I mean, you yeah. know, oh, yeah, yeah. it's just if I'm going to watch this film again, I was almost tempted to like intellectually. I was like uh, tempted to be like, oh, I'll just skip the first 30 minutes. But it's so I mean, even the first 30 minutes, even though it doesn't compared to the last hour of the film, it's still like an incredible film. And, you know, mm -hmm. um, right, right. I don't know that that if I, yeah, I had something, I, I think it. it feels that way because he doesn't say very much yeah and so while while he has great presence and and sort of personality when he's given something to feed off of but a lot of it is just him by himself absorbing everything yeah and he doesn't really say anything he's he's kind of you know more of this dry humor this one-liner type of guy that he needs somebody to interact with and it's not until he really gets to interact with keith david that it starts to liven up and then after he finds the glasses obviously it, it explodes into mania from there so yeah yeah uh once he's shooting people in the bank yeah right. once he grabs the uh, shotgun like five yeah, seconds so. after he gets the glasses i love that yeah that's like so awesome so that's what i would do yeah <laughs> i would like i know well <laughs> well and i'll say so one of my this is like kind of a, a dislike slash like where it just feels so crazy is the thing that you guys were just talking about where you go like okay well for this movie it, it's awesome that he does this but go like really he just yeah. he just finds a strange pair of sunglasses <laughs> in a box in a church of these crazy <laughs> people these conspiracy theorist guys he puts them on and he's like oh people look different than me i need to start shooting all of them <laughs> exactly. immediately it's like, yeah i agree it's with like, that's that a, yeah it it's like wow weird. man that escalated quick. Yeah. You were, yeah. especially before, you were like, you gotta, you gotta believe in America and have more patience with life. He's like, what's the matter with you, Keith David? Yeah, yeah. No, that can, I can snowball. So it's, it's like funny, but at the same time, you're like, what the hell? That's kind of weird that yeah. he just went that far off the rails. I, I could piggyback right off that, Paul, because that was my one of my major dislikes, uh, or you know, complaints. Kind of like, like a um, like dislike. It's yeah, a weird exactly. Thing. This has always been there. It's almost like. And forget about, oh, shit, we're not alone in the universe. There's aliens here, and they live amongst us. Let's go kill them all really fast. Like, they're not yeah. really doing harming anything, because if you really look about, look at their propaganda, yeah, yeah. it's all about them. It has nothing to do with you. 
Um, they're telling right. themselves to consume, reproduce, obey. But you all you could take it to where they're trying to take us over. But the film doesn't give it enough time for Roddy Piper to get involved in this cause. You know, it's almost yeah. It's like right. fuck One- the foreigners. Let's go kill them all. You know, that's what it. That's what uh, he did. <laughs> well, and what if the glasses like were malfunctioning or something? Like, what if he didn't take like time to check? Like, are these like is right. this working right? You know, yeah. like who knows? Yeah. I know he did jump a little bit quick, but I think that adds to yeah. the sh- the shift of the movie because yeah. the the shift is what makes it great that it starts out as this sad movie and they're bulldozing the camp and right. everyone's displaced and they're beating up the blind guy in the alleyway and you know it's it's all very sad kind of real stuff that's happening mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then it immediately just goes to you know shooting the <laughs> guy in the bank and giving the cops a clothesline and yeah. <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. But. It's almost like I. It's almost like he wanted to say, "I knew it all along. They were here amongst us. Now I got confirmation." Yeah. Well, I, I, no I, I, realization I think... of like, shit. There's aliens. Yeah, that seems that seems real to me too. Because like he's like li- lived this downtrodden life for so long that when there's yeah. kind, of, kind of like an like an like the a way for him to express that, yeah, yeah, like he's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it. Yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, does anybody have any other dislike? points or or just things that no. you wanted to mention uh, the only one that i that i have that i wanted to bring up was i don't really love the the holly character or meg foster's right character. like she just seems kind of so bland and and like she's not even really interested in doing the movie or something <laughs> she just kind of stands there with that blank look on her face uh-huh. the whole time. her eyes are like mesmerizing though is she wearing yeah. contacts or something she, she, i was like i was which, certain she was going to be an alien yeah and i look like right. which i'll say this too like Except for, like, Lee um, in Assault on Music 13, like, there aren't a ton of, like, super strong female characters in John Carpenter's movies. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Even, like, Christine the car, like, she's the villain, and it's like, okay, I had to be a woman car. Right, right. right. Um, Drew Barrymore in Firestar. Yeah, like, I don't know. I just feel like in all the films I've seen of his, like the female yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. they're all flat or in the thing, they're right. not present at all. Um, there's literally no women. Yeah. There's literally yeah. no women right. in the thing. Um, oh, I guess except, I mean, and then in Halloween, like, you know, Jamie Lee is kind of like, I mean, sure. she's strong-ish, but she's Strong of, enough. Yeah, yeah, but she kind of just survives. She doesn't necessarily- Fumbles her way through. She's, she's yeah. definitely stronger in the sequel, in, in the la- right. in last yeah. year. Not in the original. Oh. Not original, it's just, I mean, a mess. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I, I don't know. That's kind of like I, I agree with. Oh, no, I hear you. Like, I, 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 I see yeah, and, and and she she just was. I don't know. First off, I didn't get the attraction to her, where he's like, oh shit, I gotta go talk to her. Like, <laughs> she's not really that good looking for one thing. <laughs> First off. <laughs> yeah, I don't get that. And she has no personality. She just seems flat. Yeah. And then that whole thing where she's like. He wants her to put the glasses on. She's like, well, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And I'll say whatever you want me to say. Because you have the... Co-. And I'm like, all right, just fucking... Why doesn't anyone just put the fucking glasses yeah. on? What is going on? Yeah. so against putting the glasses on. If someone asked me to put the glasses fuck? on, and be like, okay, okay you yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do you got to, you know, be a bitch about it? Yeah. Just fucking do it. But um, th- that was... I don't know. She just wasn't great, but she wasn't in it a lot. It was just those couple yeah, parts, yeah. and then of course she ended up turning on him. I was like, it figures. <laughs> Plus, she had green eyes, which they were like, "Oh, you can't trust her. She's got green eyes." Yeah. yeah. Right. What and is the other John one? So. And green eyes. Oh, yeah. 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 Hang up. Too bad. I know. I wish Lopan would have got her. <laughs> <laughs> we could have got someone better to be in this movie. Uh, <laughs> 
And uh, just other dumb things like the the one-handed gun, machine gun shooting that he does is like <laughs> it's one of those like technical things like oh, that doesn't really work like that. Right. It's like um, his arm would be all the way over here. But I know. Whatever. And the the things they had for tracking the humans, they didn't really explain how they were tracking the humans, and those were totally leftover props from Ghostbusters. Right. <laughs> well, gotta use them somehow. So, yeah. <laughs> I was like, how are they tracking the humans? They're like, oh, we know they're on the 19th floor. Like, how? Yeah. How, did you put chips in them? What know, is maybe that? Maybe there are chips. In yeah. They yeah. live too. Hopefully, it comes yeah. out pretty soon. We'll see. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, those are all just like minor things that happen in the movie where you're like, that's kind of stupid. What the hell? But uh, even even bad Meg Foster doesn't ruin it for me. <laughs> Though she tries her damnedest. <laughs> yeah. She's like, oh, you're here. Yeah, she has nice to see you. a lot of enthusiasm. Yeah. Right. His eyes are mesmerizing, though. I was are like, they? what is going on with these eyes? This, this is where I live. Yeah. I'm sorry I had to push you out the window. That was pretty dope when cool she pushed him out the yeah. window. That was yeah. hilarious. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Yeah. That at least at least she fought back against them, but then she ended up being a traitor. Yeah, I, and she wasn't even an alien. I, I didn't understand. Yeah, like, how was she a traitor, but she wasn't an alien? She's like a collaborator, like rich, one of the rich. one of the rich, yeah. Yeah, yeah. humans down in the bunker, I guess. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. She's very sneaky. Yeah. All right. So uh, final thoughts. Uh, why don't you go first, Taylor? Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is one of those films that you like, as Curtis said, says it's like continues to be really relevant continues to be like if you watch it again you like you will get something different out of it um right. it manages mm -hmm. to be deep and still funny um a little part of it that we didn't mention is i love uh the uh ebert and siskel characters like at the end who are talking about uh george a romero and uh john <laughs> yes Parker. yes and it's like, uh -huh. like john Parker, yeah like he seems like such a cool like person like he can poke fun at himself and you know yeah, yeah, like hides yeah. like just small little jokes in there that you would only kind of get if yeah. you are familiar with the work you know so i thought that was really funny but um yeah this is definitely like i love this film um it was my first nice. time watching it but i had definitely read a lot about it so i was excited to finally be able to oh. finally watch it and um i already i mean with all three of these these films i it's like i can't already can't wait to watch them again mm -hmm. so Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. What about you, Curtis? Uh, I love this film as well. Um, I would say it's like an all-time favorite. It's probably among my 25 or 30 favorite non-horror films I've ever watched. It's it's my third favorite nice. Carpenter film behind The Thing and Halloween. Um, but, yeah. you know, I would probably say, you know, all-time favorite is like top 10. So I'm, you know, being like a little, you know, I'm, I'm sure, sure. you know, I love this film. I mean, it's incredible. I watched this film. You know, it's one of the, f you know, formative fil films of my youth. You know, I, I love the imagery in this film. I love the characters in this film. I love the story. I mean, it's just, I love everything about it. I mean, I struggled to find a dislike of this film. I mean, it's just incredible. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I think he really, like, this is, we were talking about how he kind of left Hollywood to be an independent filmmaker after kind of big trouble at Little China. This is what came out of that. He had full independence to make this film. He right. got Roddy Piper to be in the film. He, you know, put all of this kind of like anti-consumerist, anti-capitalist stuff in this film that, you know, I if he made this, if this is a Hollywood film, I'm not sure if he'd be able to do stuff like this. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I just, I think this film is kind of the most pure Carpenter film um, in a way, because it's mm -hmm. just like he threw everything that he had um, into this film. And I just, I just really appreciate it for that. And I really appreciate it for what it is. So uh, I definitely just love this film. Nice. 
Uh, I would have to say... I'm still going to stick to that this is one of my favorite horror movies because I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to just ride this joke out now. <laughs> the aliens are <laughs> I have to die scary. on this hill. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. I'm going to die on this hill, damn it. <laughs> um, but so that being said, I would say that this is one of uh, the one of the best around. <laughs> if I have to keep doing that every time it comes up. Uh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> it's sounding good. Yeah, you got the pitch right. Okay. Yeah. I know it, it. It got reintroduced to me through South Park. It had like a whole thing where it, they were making fun of it. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, I forgot about how awesome that song is. I actually used it in one of our episodes already. Yes, <laughs> you did. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I just, when I saw this, I think because I saw it more recently as well, and it just kind of fit in with everything that was going on now and, and sort of with a lot of my own sensibility and what, and just the right blend of action and comedy and horror and sci-fi and everything mm-hmm. all in this one nice, you know, not over bloated package, mm-hmm. even though the fight scene is a little bit over bloated, but disagree. It does a good job of it does a jo- it does a good job of being too long, but then also being funny because it's too long. Right. So right. it's part of the joke. Yeah. So yeah, that's where I would I would land with this one. Yeah. And what about you, Marco? Oh my God. Um, right at the cusp of like love it. Con- I mean, uh, extremely love it. Right below best around. Right. Like. Uh, I, I, but I would put this on like a top 20 thing, but if it's coming to like the John Carpenter list, yeah, it's, it's in the top, you know, yeah, nice five or six films, of course. Um, damn dude, like you guys just nailed everything I wanted to say about the film. I just from childhood to today, that's relevant (laughs) to today. It was relevant Mm -hmm. back then. That's how scary history is. You know, uh, we have tons of, uh, of commentary that we can go to to be like, look, this is not the nation that we want to become. Oh shit, we're becoming it, you know. Yeah. And it's there's it's almost inevitable, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it's funny because I was reminded on this movie watching 1984 and also uh, Running Man a little bit. There's a little bit of those that that yeah. commentary of of the right. poor versus rich, but this is the alien version of that. So yeah, man, love, love, love this film. Um, it's just so fun and yeah, Roddy Piper. Yeah. Mic right. drop. Yeah. Well, who who would have known? I don't know about you guys. I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready to sell out to the aliens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm I mean, cool they're living it. a good life. It's like, exactly. Yeah, I, I want to get promoted. First, you know, like. <laughs> right. I mean, it's not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. All right. Well, I think that will do it for these movies. But before we depart from the show i want to thank you guys again for joining us thank you very much and for bringing some extra perspective on these movies Mm -hmm. with us and for picking a topic that was a lot more fun than a lot of our episodes have been lately (laughs) there's no uh there's not there was no male on male rape in this movie (laughs) yeah Um, Yeah. there was a child death but it wasn't really sad child death but it's like she was bitching about the ice cream yeah she deserved it Right. She was asking for it. Right. She's like, oh, where's my twist? He's like, fuck you, kid. Uh, that guy was creepy looking, too. That guy. Yeah, oh, yeah. He looks like um, Billy Idol to me. Oh, well. <laughs> I didn't go there. Like on, her- okay. on heroin. Like Billy Idol on heroin. <laughs> three three <laughs> months straight. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> Uh, before we leave, though, uh, if you guys want to plug anything, uh, remind anyone where your shows and your social media are, then this would be the time. Sure, sure. So, like I said, we're uh, our podcast is called Ah Real Films, A H H R E A L Films. 
Um, our latest episode was on zombies. Is that correct? No, our latest episode was on cults. Cults, excuse yes. me. As, we of, had, as, of, oh, the yes. recording, as yeah. of the recording, but I yeah. believe by the time this recording comes out, we just recently did a horror uh, episode on uh, J horror, nineties mm -hmm. uh, uh, Japanese horror, cool. and nice. um, so that should be coming out. Um, you know, it will be out by the time this recording comes out. I'm sure. Um, if you want to, like I said earlier, we're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all that stuff. And uh, on right. social media, you want to tell them where we're on social media? Yes, uh, we're on Instagram, A-H-H Real Films, and on Twitter, A-H-H-R-E-E-L Films. And you can give us an email at ahhrealfilms at gmail.com and uh, we have this thing right now where we read every single email we get mm -hmm. on air because we don't get a lot of emails. Unless you count all the emails from our mom. From which mom. Are, you know, <laughs> our mom. <laughs> our mom is our biggest fan. She's our biggest fan. That's awesome. <laughs> our mom, yeah, well, our mom actually really likes horror films, so she'll be like, disagree about the blood splatter. I'm not, you know, it seemed a little fake. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, hers are um, great. But yeah, so, and, and I mean, that's like, we connected over social media, um, which was really great, and mm -hmm. we've enjoyed talking with all kinds of horror fans on social media, so you can always um, feel free to follow us or shoot us a DM, and we love to love to chat. Love absolutely, to chat. Yeah. absolutely. Very cool. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. We'll have to keep our group chat open yeah. just to talk about random oh, stuff. Absolutely. 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 We love talking to y'all. And it if was Marvel really... If pop yeah. in to start talking about Star Wars, I don't know. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't help it. <laughs> but it was really nice, yeah. like, you know, getting to know y'all and talking to y'all yeah. on this podcast is just an awesome experience for us. So thank you for reaching out to yeah, us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, that's, I mean, we have kind of evolved the show into bringing people in mm -hmm. and just... And like I feel like it's a good way to expand your show and then just your kind of network of people but also just a good way for other people to hear about you it's one thing to like play a promo or something yeah. but when people actually get to hear you talking and then they know kind of who the people are too so it, I think it's it's more fun for us too but just because we get to talk to all different people all the time so yeah, absolutely sure. yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah this is great totally. this was this is really cool. Um, like I said, I, I know uh, Paul and I can bounce ideas off each other and, um, you know, to try to get different perspectives. I never want to try to chiz mine or, or vice versa. But hearing other people that don't talk to a lot um, really kind of opened my eyes on this one a little bit. So awesome. keep it up, guys. You're, you guys are awesome. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. And actually, your show, I, I know... It's probably been talked about on like a bajillion podcasts, but I didn't know that much about Lovecraft and listening to you guys was the first time I heard the whole thing about how he was basically a huge racist and all of his yeah. <laughs> metaphors yeah. were like anti-black people. And I was like, oh shit, I never heard yeah. that before. Yeah. It was uncomfortable because well known. I, I'm, yeah. I'm such a huge Lovecraft fan and you know, doing all the research on that, I was like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, honestly, just read his books. That's it. Don't, don't research anything about the dude's yeah, life because yeah. it'll disappoint point you yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and that's i don't i don't know that much about him or or really his material other than a few movies that were sort of based on his stuff so yeah it's not prominent like it's overtly oh, really no he's not overtly but it's there it's right, definitely right. there in his personal oh, writing yeah. yeah absolutely <laughs> yes yikes yeah but you but his, yeah. but his well, stories yeah. are so good sorry incredible yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. I know. <laughs> it's, it was the way his parents raised him. It's not his fault. Right. <laughs> You're right. He has no personal responsibility. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's an old white guy. He just, I mean, he's he just had now. economic anxiety, he's an old white guy. guys. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. 
But, uh, all right, well, we will get out of here as far as for our show. Obviously, you know where to find it. And if you want to keep up with us on Facebook or Instagram, they were both under Who Will Survive Horror Podcast. And also keep up with Marco on his Sarlacc Digest podcast. I know the new Star Wars trailer just came out, which I won't let you guys talk about because I want to get the hell out of here. <laughs> so I have to go run early in the morning tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, can, I got After it. the show, I'll hang up and you guys can talk. So. I got it. Trust me. But, all right. Uh, yeah, it, obviously you know where to find us, so... Keep up with us, and we look forward to hearing from you as well. Thank you guys again for joining us, and we will see everyone next time. Ain't love, Chris.